Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, to Real Nerds Podcast. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018 and 19. Just going to call that one. Uh, Why not? I am 2020 while we're at it. Oh, uh, you know, we, we got to see. We got to we got to make it that far. We got to we got to live. I mean, the planet. Yeah. yeah we got to not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make a joke, but I can't because I have to be silent. Um, I am a host, James, and I am joined as sometimes by Henry. Henry, it's Henry me. is on the, on the TV there. Uh, it's me again. I'm back. Sorry. What? I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also by Zach, but best by Brad. Yeah. Yeah. What's Thanks, up? Brad. Cool. How you doing, Brad? I'm good. Uh, good. yeah. Good it's, week. It's been a fun weekend. Good. Yeah, uh-huh. it has. Man. Uh, we uh every week we go see a movie and broadcast our experience of the world. This week we went and saw. Avengers, Affinity, Infinity, Infinite, in, Infinite War. Non-stop wars. Non- Indubitably war. Doesn't always going war. Um, yeah, so at the end of the show, we will do a review, tell you whether or not you should see the movie, um, play the trailer, and then after that, we will spoil the shit out of it. You will be warned about three times before we get there that when we get past the trailer... We will be able to start talking about spoilers for this movie, and for obvious reasons, you don't want to have this spoiled, so uh, just yeah. be forewarned. See Honestly, the movie don't first. listen to this episode at all, really, because <laughs> I feel I like... I just got to say that the uh, after credit scene where they introduced Paddington as the new Avenger was probably my favorite <laughs> oh my scene God. of the entire film. See, Damn it, Henry. Uh, uh, see? Now everybody knows. That would actually be awesome, man. <laughs> and then they have to fight Pooh. Yeah. His power is just kindness. <laughs> well, Thanos is so filled with hate that they need kindness to save the day. Uh, yeah, he just warms Thanos' heart. Yeah, Thanos just gives him a hug just and stops. Melts. Yeah, One of his He gives him a long, Thanos. hard stare. And yeah, then exactly. Everything <laughs> <solves. laughs> yes. What is this little bear? It's called a hard stand. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, glo- the glove just slides right off. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. I want that. Anyway, hey, where's uh, Ryan? Before we, oh, yeah, so Ryan's not here because uh, th- th- work, uh, but he's gonna call in. So you're, you know, as disappointed as I am to have a a Marvel movie where we don't get Ryan's opinion. I mean, we all know mm-hmm. we can pretend. But I saw his letterbox. Yeah, we'll get. Uh, <laughs> we'll. I mean, we all know what this year's top ten list looks like for him. Mm-hmm. Um, if only because this movie has a Spider-Man in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he's going to call in, so you're, we're still going to get a review. But um, all yeah. it means is that this episode will fly by a little faster. Speaking of call-ins, Corinne called in. Cool. What's she calling about? 
Uh, her own review of uh, Infinity War. Sweet. Okay. Well, yeah. Then we should just we'll just that's not fan mail. We'll include that later on, and and All right, cool. she can she can review the movie because I I don't know maybe she talks about the Paddington spoilers. Oh, good point. Right. No. So we don't want we don't want to review reveal that. No. Um, oh, look at the just the face of disappointment that Henry made on that one. Oh. Don't forget about it because we have a history of going two hours and then forgetting about stuff. Okay. Don't forget. 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 Okay. Um, but before we get to the review, we got a whole bunch of other nonsense to go through, which includes uh, what's going on all over the all over the Denver metro area and movie news and Blu-rays and stuff we've been watching. So we uh, we will cover a bunch of ground and then get to the the infinity war mm-hmm. so cool brad what's uh going on Come and get some space dog! uh this weekend may 4th and 5th the mayan is the belladonna of sadness god damn it no one mm. under 18 admitted digitally restored watch women get abused that trailer is the longest two, uh, two minutes of my life every time that it, they used to show it at the alamo i was like I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, it's it's beautiful artwork, but oof, yeah, it feels like a three-hour movie. Uh, um, great. And then the drive-in is doing Black Panther, Infinity War, and <gasps> Super Troopers two still. So yeah, well, that's that's cool though. I, I it suddenly struck me like, man, it would have been really cool if they could have had like one more. Like that's a perfect place where they could do like a cool little mini marathon. You know, yeah. like they could have for one day, they could have done like uh, Avengers, Avengers two, and Avengers, or Avengers. Or you know, if they were able to bring back Black Panther, they could conceivably when Ant Man and the Wasp comes out. Yes, I think Infinity War will still be in theaters by then. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe not because everybody hates it, so it might drop what? out of theaters so fast. Yeah, what? Yeah, Who says yeah. They didn't you know? It? It was, they they said it was worse than the Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No one said that. Nerds um, are the worst. No, no, no. Okay. Nobody, nobody's arguing. Okay. I'm kidding. We're, yeah, we're no, joking. I was just thinking yesterday, like how, because even at the Alamo, Black Panther's playing, and it's like, yeah, both both these movies have such strong legs. Like, yeah, you're still able to see two Marvel movies it's at the crazy. same time. We're gonna get to a place where there's always a Marvel movie in theaters, simply because they they just stick around. Howard the Duck you know? Man coming in 2024. As long as a movie can stick around for four, three or four months, there's just always going to be a Marvel movie in theaters. There Maybe sometimes two. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, and that's it. Uh, there's Freak Train tomorrow at the Bug Theater. It's like a uh, variety show. Yeah, like it's a variety show. The first 15 people, I think, who show up and sign up can do some kind of talent show act, and it's a ton of fun. Cool. It's not really film related, but. Yeah. We it's often around town. The bug and it's not films around town. It's just stuff around town. Actually, by the time this goes up, it'll probably be happening. So, <laughs> never mind. I'm stupid. <laughs> never mind. Just don't do anything. Yeah. Just just go to the bug or the just, Mayan. Just stay home. Da, fuck. Just stay home. Go to the Esquire or the drive-in. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, I mean, theoretically, cool. it would have been good for them to do uh, like Civil War, Black Panther, then. Uh, uh, Infinity, yes. Infinity War, because I mean, since they all lead into each other, yeah, so. that's very true. But, Those, then, but then again, that you would then also be seeing, and that's true. They're also but then very you'd long. also be seeing like, in, <laughs> but that would be an, but you'd be, an amazing lineup. I bet you'd also be seeing Infinity War at like three a.m. Yeah, and then you'd also get out at like six a.m. Right, and so that's probably not the best. So yeah. and the light yeah. shifted, so yeah, they wouldn't even start the whole evening until eight o'clock. So Ugh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd we didn't think day. this through. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to put their, he- their headline movie at the very end. 
I want them to do it. I wouldn't go. I just want them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for that. But cool. cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, Zach, what do you want to do first? Uh, why don't we do some news? Great. Sounds good. Dude, you're embarrassing me from the Wizards. Uh, there's lots of like rumor and speculation about MoviePass stuff this week. Um, the bigger things. What did you do to fuck up now? Uh, so I don't know if you guys talked about last week the fact that they are expecting to post 150 million dollar losses for last year. Uh, so they're expecting to post 150 million dollars in losses for last year. Um, again, you know, Ryan always says like, I don't understand how this business works or how it makes money. Right now, it doesn't. Um, the the other things are they're the CEO kind of intimated that that maybe they're going to discontinue the 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 main thing people talk about which is the hey for nine dollars a month you can see a movie a day um they may bring that to like a movie a week or some other like you know limitation for a month i think yeah like four yeah for a month um which would be one a week which well i mean they've already done that though yeah like uh like basically because i guess let me past person if you sign up now, you get the four month option right. instead of the uh, every day. But if you still if you got it before, you still yeah. have it. So right now, I'm reaping in the benefits. I'm going every day. I'm I am going down as much as I can before this thing comes crashing <laughs> to a burn, uh, which it inevitably will probably by I'm going to predict May fifteenth so. <laughs> uh, of this year He's or next year. Man, that's a Man, that's, that's a, an aggressive crash. Aggressive crash. 15 days. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm going to see 15 movies. Wow. But, uh, Just before Deadpool. Right. right. Um, <laughs> they've, Henry, you'll be responsible for taking it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just keeps going and going and going. Henry's ruining this company. <laughs> he found a way to hack it so he could go every hour. <laughs> uh, they're also... Someone's seeing Paddington 2 still. <laughs> 900 times. That's why they're taking repeat views away. Right. Because Henry's Paddington 2... I was gonna say so. Yeah, they're they're limiting it so you can only see a movie once, and then they're also talking about making you take a photo or like upload a photo of your ticket stub, basically to prove like that you really went, um, which you know just confirms that like hey, this is a terrible idea, and there's and none of this model makes sense. But you know, um, so glad I didn't. <laughs> so glad I got yeah. out. It's like such a shit show. Yeah, I mean, hey, it it still may impact the industry more than we within we expect um there's also rumors flying around that that certain movie theater chains are are going to introduce their own like similar subscription plan where you know it probably wouldn't be that aggressive obviously um but I, that part i think is kind of cool i mean obviously if the if the alamo offered any kind of subscription plan i would jump at it where if it was like hey the first four movies you see in a month if, if you do this thing like one good way to do it would be like beyond seeing once you've seen two movies in a month every movie you see beyond that you get a dollar off or two dollars off or just anything like that where you're rewarding people for going more often you know um but we'll see i mean it, it's obviously sort of disrupting the, the space that's for sure if you go enough times you get a courtesy blowjob god damn it uh sorry well Mom. i know that like uh what well i know again, henry uh well, I know that like AMC's been a huge like against MoviePass kind of corporation for the past like yeah. couple months, yeah. uh, and and the reason why is because they are going to introduce their own pretty much exact same thing like one month after MoviePass started, and so they were really pissed about that. Uh, and so I imagine once MoviePass goes down, AMC's probably going to introduce something similar to that. I don't so. understand why MoviePass doesn't or why why AMC wouldn't just do it themselves, and because they're big enough, like they've got the money no, in the marketing, are, like. like 
Just just build it yourself. Is that the ice cream truck? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Uh, sorry, listeners. We got to stop for a second. But there's some ice cream running by the street. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, man, the guy didn't even stop. That's some bullshit. I love how Brad just like eagerly. I'm gonna I'm gonna install I'm gonna install like that horn in my car so that when I when I honk the horn that's what it sounds like and just drive through residential neighborhoods, just watch the children run out and be disappointed. <laughs> just crush the souls of these children. Yeah. You're like a non-green Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we talking uh, about? Uh, 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 AMC. That's all. No, I, I saw the Black Widow director oh, thing yeah. up. He's well, trying to marginalize no, women. No, I was actually going to go to this one about Star Trek first, and then I was going to go back to the, the, that, that one just because I didn't want to do like... But anyway, You're just trying okay, to make me look uh, they're, they're continuing to discuss a Black Widow film, um, which I think could be really cool. Obviously, we don't really know where things go from here. Um, like, does she live? Spoilers. Move on. Fair. There's so much we could I'm just saying, that would be true if you hadn't seen the movie. Um... But uh, anyway, they're they're looking to get uh, female directors to make it. Um, get Patty Jenkins. Uh, she seems she seems busy. Uh, is she? This would be. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah. She's keeping DC afloat. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. When you say it that way, she's really really busy. She has a lot on her shoulders. My goodness. Um, yeah, in, in similar news, uh, they they just got uh, S.J. Clarkson, who I don't know what she's done before, but I was hoping one of you would, uh, to do Star Trek IV. Um, she will be the first woman to ever direct a Star Trek film. Yeah. Oh, she did Toast. Toast. Is that a sequel to Rubber? Is it about Toast know. that kills people? Uh, there's, she has like one credit, and it's oh, Toast. Okay. There's so. not, it, should I mean, be a, it should be a sequel to The Brent. shame about no, this conversation is there's not a lot of women in the space. Like... She's mm-hmm. done episodes yeah. of The Defenders, Jessica Jones. Google you likes know who, who would be cool? Orange is the New Black. If, and this is like, this is it's like, it's too easy a grab, Motel. but Catherine Bigelow doing a Black Panther or a Black Widow movie might be awesome. Like I I, ju- I was just about to say the exact same yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's low-hanging like, fruit because, like I said, there's like two women in the space and one of them is Ava DuVernay. Like, uh, you know, there's not a lot of names you can think of. Um, but the truth is, like, that could be right up her alley and if you did a um zero dark 30-esque black widow being a spy killing people you know it should be that black widow killed bin Laden. yes right yeah yeah just make it a hard i mean or even like even like a point break would be, like she knows what she's doing in this field. oh yeah like she yeah. would be a great choice for any real action film especially a black what widow if black widow so has to she's kill. totally not gonna do it but. yeah but what if Black Widow had to go undercover as a surfer? That would be great. <sighs> they should just get Greta Gerwig and then just have uh, Black Widow be like sad about her problems the entire Ooh, time. That's also a really good option. I like that. Just have her yell so, at her mom. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I like this idea. Um, cool. Tom Cruise jumped out of a plane 106 times. That's the whole story. That's a lot. That's a lot of times. Uh, Weird way to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only done it he once. He should uh, try to find the you, right flight service he wants. He shouldn't keep going to the airlines. He just wants to jump out. <laughs> you've ju- you've jumped out of a plane, Brad? Holy yeah. shit! When did this happen? Tell the story. Like ten years no. ago. No. Uh, our friend Cliff, his bachelor party was all of us jumping out of a plane. Fuck. Tandem Fuck. style. So it wasn't. I wasn't Do on my own. Do not want. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you ever want to feel like the atmosphere is going through your sinuses <laughs> and back out your ears. Um. Yeah. Did you poop? 
Okay. Yeah. I think I would poop. Yeah, I don't like the idea of. Home. I was really nervous going up, and then once you, once you're out, it's like, <laughs> well, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just everything is gone. You just let go. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's just fucking. It either works or it doesn't. <laughs> right, yeah. And if it goes wrong, it's this guy's fault. That is incredible. <laughs> that is really incredible. Um, wow, I would not if if you had asked me to bet money, I wouldn't have guessed that you jumped out of a plane. Good job. Most people don't. Yeah, yeah. nicely done. Did everybody in the in the bachelor party do it? Uh, one person did, <sighs> and I think he regretted yeah. it. Yeah. And then he but died. Yeah. Most of us did. He got run over by a car. <laughs> a, a, a plane fell on him. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, terrible. that's terrible. It was a Southwest flight. Southwest flight. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Do you guys want to talk about Choose Your Own Adventure Films? Um, okay. No. All right. That, that that's news for this week. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah, want to do that. Not unless I'm making it. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust the other assholes in the theater with me. Like, it's not really movie related to a degree, but the guy who created Schoolhouse Rock. Died. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's I remember right. that. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. Oh, I got something. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Bruce Campbell is not going to be Ash anymore. He is retiring that character. Probably okay. because okay. they canceled Ash vs. Evil yeah. Dead. Yep. Which, I mean, you would, right? Like, at some point, you say that just so the fans will stop beating that drum when you're kind of like, hey, I did my thing. I'm good. Like, yeah. it's That's probably solid, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if Universal is like, hey, we're going to give you that million dollars or appease that role, I bet he comes out for Oh, it. sure. I think, like I said, I, I, I'm sure like if I'm sure like if Sam Raimi came back or they did something really special to the character, he wouldn't be like, no, I'm yeah, done. It's, yeah. I'm sure he'd come back if it was yeah, good Yeah, I don't enough, think it's like so. he, that he hates it. Like I said, I think it's probably a deterrent to keep people from like, from brown coating that show and trying to like, you know, hold a torch for it where he's like, dude, I, if somebody brings me a whole lot of money, I'll do it. But I, I'm sure he's probably at peace with it enough that he's like, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna like encourage everybody to fight hard to to keep this character going when you know, it's had a good run. I, I like the show, but as you said, yeah, it's like, I don't know how much longer you can sustain him fighting the deadites. At some point, it's something's got to give with his age and. Well, clearly, the show had troubles, yeah, like, behind the scenes. So it's it's got to be frustrating to like finally be able to bring back that character and then have to go through all, all that and then exactly mm-hmm. deal with stars you know probably they're disappointed with the viewership sure sure yeah not enough subscriptions i bet yeah i yeah, don't I understand, understand how stars how makes money, money at all but um yeah anyway cool they make law binding citizen two three four five. do they really are there no. oh okay <laughs> that'd be great if they yeah. did i like that first one i never saw it it's good. It's like it's Henry. What do you want to do next? Yeah. What we've been watching. This is what we've been watching. Zach, what have you been watching? Um, not a whole bunch. Um, it's been a long week. Um, I finally watched the director and the Jedi, uh, the yeah. documentary on the Last Jedi Blu-ray. That shit's pretty fucking great. Like, I'd almost want it to be released theatrically on its own. Like, I I counted it in my letterbox. I know, and theoretically, <laughs> it could end up on my top ten just because of how great it is. Because it's it's got to be fucking daunting to make a Star Wars movie, and this is the closest look we get to how frustrating that probably is. Yeah. Um, what I found interesting about it was that it operates like a Netflix documentary, or even like a 
like a high end doc where it 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 doesn't like it's not just raw footage behind the scenes like kind of jumbled together like it has a through a through point and narrative yeah um and it <clears throat> addresses a lot of the results of Force Awakens and then how that adds on even more pressure and I was talking to my um, uncle who's a big Star Wars fan about this is it addresses without addressing it directly it addresses um the the best defense that ryan johnson could ever have against haters of that film because unlike an internet article where things are cherry-picked this film's pretty stretched out to the point where you get the full answer to a lot of like debates like mark hamill saying he hated the direction of the character or whatever like yeah. more context is given to 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 cool off a fire that probably shouldn't have started to begin with because people were angry. Yeah. Um so it's so it was wonderful and I'm I'm going to watch the movie itself again tonight, but um um I rewatched uh the first two Avengers movies last night um after viewing everything and um first one still holds up for me. It's a great like on it, it operates on its own very well because of how early on in the the game it is. Yeah. Um so it it itself like <laughs> feels more like its own thing than just a part of the grander scheme. Like it, it's incredible to think back to how much, how difficult that movie seemed at the time. And now like, like how much I looked at that and was like, this movie can't work. Like you got all these characters and they all got to fight each other. And you've got all these weird different universes and you got to balance it all. And then I, now I look back and I'm like, what an easy fucking job that like Joss had. Like, holy shit. See when the first one came out, like before it coming out, like I kept reading like, this shouldn't work. This shouldn't work. And my opinion on why it shouldn't work was honestly just because it's like, how are you going to wrangle all those actors with their schedules? Right. It's oh, not. Yeah. It's not even the 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 character context and whatnot. Because at the end of the day, like, <laughs> it's a comic book movie. There, it, it is feasible to not only put all those characters in one movie, but to like <clears throat> make it cohesive because it's it's no different than them doing an animated film to yeah. to a degree. It's just that now you have to bring it to beyond the 2d scope um of like flat animation um ob obviously also it's also making sure that it resonates with an audience yeah so. i think the difference is that with an animated movie you're not like you're not relying is, on because you're trying to hit a mainstream audience you have to make people understand like this guy's a god mm -hmm. this dude has a suit this guy is from the past. Like, but I, but all also, of that stuff has to balance in a in a great way, and it, it does. I, yeah, that you know. So, but anyway, so I'm like trying it, to take it away from the feet. It's just it's just interesting looking back and going like how impressive that was now, and then now I look at it and go like meh. It's, I still I still think it's impressive, like in, in yeah. the in the context. But yes, it is the easiest looking of the films compared to where <laughs> it goes from there. And watching Age of Ultron again, like I I remember walking out of the I saw it twice in theaters when it came out. Mm -hmm. I was living in Costa Mesa at the time, and I, uh, I remember walking out loving it, but also like my problem with it wasn't anything content related. My problem with it was, well, this is the last time these movies are even remotely accessible to the casual viewer, because where because this is like already as complicated as it can possibly get. <laughs> You had to have watched Winter Soldier to understand the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the film, yeah, um, or at least to understand like, hey, Shield's no more, um, and this is why Nick Fury's here and not like up in a uh, heli helicopter or yeah. a helipad right now, yeah, right. Um, so, Carrier. but it's actually like I, I I'm trying to remember. 
I know that Whedon had to do reshoots that he didn't want to do um, because of like the the universe connecting and whatnot. But a lot of like the film on its own, minus those um, those dream sequences that Scarlet Witch does, or like the the um, uh, omniscience of the uh, Infinity Stones. It's it's actually a really solid Avengers film on its mm. own right and whatnot. And I know we have a problem with Marvel villains, but Ultron's a pretty good Marvel villain. Like he's not. He, I, I, he's not like as good as it can get as we've seen, but like the dialogue he's given is brilliant to a degree. Like, and Spader's really good at executing it. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like Joss, like a story Joss would tell. So I'm like down with with his voice resonating throughout that entire film. Um, I, I, I think if anything, my complaint about it, it not this time around, is that it doesn't feel superbly edited. Yeah. It feels like the editing's a little off compared to the first one and um especially compared to what we saw this weekend. Like it's it's there's moments that they cut away very quickly to other things when there's no like the, the connective tissue's really like like really weak. Sure. Um from one shot to another in in certain whether it's going into a battle or coming out of the battle. That's that's one that I should revisit because I I actually kind of expected it has probably aged pretty well because my biggest problem with that movie was actually all the stuff about Vision and then now that you've had a bunch of character characterization with that character mm-hmm. which is a terrible sentence now that we've spent some time with that character I think if you went back that stuff while still being clunky narratively wouldn't be as like bizarre whereas I think to a mainstream audience uh, you're watching this movie and all of a sudden there's a floaty robot guy with a crystal in his head and you're like what the fuck is this and what does it have to do with the crazy robot guy like what is going on you know um right and that's part of the and, weirdness and, but i mean like now for us it's not so crazy yeah but like even like again like talking to my uncle about it like like the 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 the, the issue that mar the only issue marvel really has in terms of its filmmaking going forward now is how convoluted it can it can be yeah. And at some point, it's going to isolate too many people unless they are as clever as they usually are and figure out a solution. We'll just put a pin in that conversation for later. They'll Pop. just go back and renumber the series. <laughs> it gets too well, dense. Those don't have, I mean, they don't have numbers, and right? The Avengers movies are just Avengers and then a subtitle. Yeah. And, and then we good. can, yeah. And then we can also like it because, like, I have a theory based on watching that and then also watching this this weekend that. There's a particular direction they could go at some point, but I think it would be like in the 30th anniversary realm, yeah, um, and not necessarily like within the next 20 years. Man, I would bet that you don't see another other than other than the Guardians of the Galaxy volume sequels. Mm-hmm. I would bet that you don't really see another numbered event, uh, Marvel movie for a while, just because they're at a point where they don't want to they don't want to draw attention to how many they make you see. You know, I was. Uh, before while we were sitting in the theaters and I reminded my mom there have been 18 films like she was blown away and had to really think about it and be like are there really 18 I was like yeah like this it's big you know and and they make you go see at least two a year Mm -hmm. right like one of the three every year is like eh, if you missed Ant-Man this year like not the end of the world you'll see it on on blu-ray but like the other two, at least, you're like, oh, no, you have to see this movie, either mm-hmm. because it's great or because it ties into the rest of the story so well that if they start numbering them, especially the Avengers movies, because they're, they're always going to be called Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, even when the team is totally different. 
<laughs> yeah, I was curious because I know they're keeping the next Avengers title secret. I wonder if it's even called Avengers at all. Very true. What if they just called it the next Avengers? The new Avengers? Or the new Avengers? Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't know. Hey, we can't speculate yet. We we have to wait until... When we get to spoilers, I have some ideas. Avengers, hand us your wallet. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the true part. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. should move on from this conversation. So anyway, well, this um, is dangerous. outside of the Marvel round, though, um, so I watched um, the final... Um, Clint Eastwood film for the next article, which is coming up tomorrow. Um, it's um, so this this article is only going to be three films because the theme of it is weird shit. Clint Clint Eastwood has done, and it's kind of hard to actually isolate that down because he's one of the films that was definitely weird. I already put on a different. Um, that was that was strange. Sorry, Were you torturing someone <laughs> nope. on another like plane. Nope. Um, but no, like so, like Clint's films, like they're not. Like only a handful of them were weird and like weird to the degree of like, why is he doing this? Um, and one of them, which is midnight in the garden of good and evil is one that I already tackled in, um, uh, true life, um, true life, um, uh, uh, films. So, uh, I, these, these ones were, um, space cowboys play Misty for me. And then this one, which is called hereafter, which is with Matt Damon, uh, from 2010. And, I, when I first saw it, I, in, in the theater, I was not its biggest fan at all because it, it was so heady and it was super long. And at some point I got really bored, like in the middle of the film, rewatching it again. Um, I still feel it's extremely heady and it has no real right to be. Um, but it's an interesting film. If you've never seen it, it's, it's the, it's, it's a story about four separate things going on and how they all interconnect via the supernatural realm. Um, and Matt Damon, like is a guy who can talk to ghosts and stuff like that in one, in one of the storylines. Um, but the other ones take place in like a couple different sections. One's in France. And what's interesting is that each story being told, like each storyline is shot on a different color palette and different visual style. Um, so he's playing around and experimenting and stuff, which I love that the late motif in his career has been experiment and experiment and experiment. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't like it certainly doesn't work with 1517 to Paris because you need actors. Um, sadly, <laughs> I, with all respect to our servicemen who, oh, yeah. who, who were in that film. Uh, the bottom line is, is that like sometimes it doesn't work. I think hereafter watching it again though, it's not as like, boring as i remember it being but it's also like it drags on and on and on um and it's kind of hard to find a performance you really like in it because i don't feel like i get enough time with each character like matt damon's probably the least interesting part of the film if i'm gonna be honest like mm. there's a um the the scenes and the the storyline going on in france is more interesting than matt damon's ghost talker character so um, so it's interesting, but yeah, that article will be up, uh, tomorrow, hopefully Monday, Monday. So, cool. um, so yeah. And then the only thing I, uh, other thing I watched this week was some more space goes coast to coast, um, on that volume one DVD that I got from work and, yeah. uh, yeah, this show's so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, re and I was telling him last I, week, I don't remember it being this damn weird. It was um, weird. I was a much bigger Cartoon Planet fan. Like, mm -hmm. I loved Cartoon Planet. Yeah. Um, Space Coast, Coast to Coast, I was always like, I don't like the interview part. Like, that was the that was my issue, was I always, I liked the sketches, I didn't like the interviews. Some of them were so, good, some of them, are, some yeah. of them are really awkward. 
Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because you can clearly tell that everything's pre-recorded and kind of like set to how can we utilize this old animation of Space Coast. Oh, yeah. Um, the Bobcat. There's a Bobcat Goldthwait one from when oh. before Bobcat like got serious when he, when he was doing his shtick stuff. And yeah, it's it's interesting to see Bobcat then and realize Bobcat now, who's like an accomplished filmmaker in his own right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but that's all I watched this week. Cool. Yeah. Brad. Henry. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I. Uh... You weren't here last week, but last I was I talked about some '90s video game movies like Double Dragon and uh, what was the other one I watched? Oh no, it wasn't. It was just Suburban Commando. Did you find it? Oh, did you fucking watch Suburban Commando? I did. Oh man, did but, you? Do you have a Blu-ray of it, or you you got that light that they're um, both on DVD, Laserdisc? Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I would totally watch Suburban Commando again. I bet it doesn't hold up. It's, it's it. I think it does. Okay. Yeah. I may have to borrow your DVD. I mean, it's no, you know, Avengers movie. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, spoilers but, for the review later. Uh, the new Avengers might be better than Suburban Commando. I, part, <laughs> I, it creeped me out as a kid. Part of what I was talking about with him last week was that um, I watched it thinking, because it's like one of the last Hulk movies that had this get made hasn't reviewed yet. Right. I was like, would this, you know, be fun? Uh, like, And watching it, I was like, I don't. Maybe I'm not as creative as them, but I was like, I, this isn't like bad enough to make fun of. Um, Does the guy throw an envelope at one point and cut a guy's hand off? Uh, the 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 galactic um, like mayor or king yeah. of whatever planet uh, Ramsey's protected. The guy Ramsey's supposed to rescue from right. Lord whatever I forget his name. Uh, yeah, he pulls just like a white blade like it looks like a piece oh, of paper is that what like a, like I, yeah i remember it and I, flings across the room and yeah it cuts the bad guy's hand off yeah and then like a and then it he turns into a lizard or something yeah i remember that being super creepy as a kid like I can, it, yeah, it, I can it see kind of disturbed me but i really liked that movie but i hated that part because then like his creepy alien hand would come out and i was very disturbed by aliens yeah. as a child and it gets worse by the end yeah. Um, but anyway, that was last week. And this week, I rewatched Super Mario Brothers, not on LaserDisc, just on DVD. Sure. Um, and, you know. Do you have an actual player? I do. Okay, cool. It's in storage because I don't have a ton of space for it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that movie's still fun. And, um, uh, insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is the correct word? Crazy. But, I mean, it's 1993. It's just, I think, either right after or before Jurassic Park. Uh, it's May 31st. Or no, it was Memorial oh, Day oh, of yeah. okay. 93. So what, I, either Jurassic Park came out weeks before or weeks after. But, you know, yeah. CGI hadn't hit. Right. Like, it had already come out in Star Trek 2, but... Nobody was really a believer yet. Yeah. yeah. So I, what else could you do with that movie right. at the time? So I, I enjoy it for what's craziness. And I'm um, Mario Mario. This is my brother, Luigi Mario. <laughs> still bummed. It uh, uh, doesn't have... A, like, it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Yeah, they're well, sequelizing hey, hey, in the comics. Maybe, but maybe the new one will will pick up right where it left off. <laughs> it's gonna be hard without Bob Hoskins or Dennis Hopper. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's why it's animated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so the main stuff I watched was uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross was playing at the uh, Alamo, and there was like a little mini. It was like for the Denver Actors Fund, so a bunch of the people from theater came by and did a short piece of the play. Oh, cool! Uh, before the movie and. Um, they also had uh, a contest, and I was one of the people who selected to come on stage. Was it a, was it all David Mamet questions? Nope, it was a swear off. That sounds like all David Mamet questions to so, me. So I had to come up with as many swear words as I could in under thirty oh. seconds. 
Did you win? I got to 14. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I did win. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. 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 Tickets to the play, <laughs> which I think I've missed already, but... <laughs> Man, in how many seconds? 30 seconds? 30 seconds, yeah. I got to 14, and upon reflection, I didn't even get through words like damn, damn it, god damn it, or bitch, or son of a bitch. Like, I missed those. Were you writing them down? No, I was, like, off the top of my head on no, stage. But, oh, okay. In front of everybody. How, did not, how didn't everybody just, like, cheat off of the person in front of them? It was between me and one other person. Oh, so it was like you were both going at the same time. Yeah, well, they, they pulled us out in the hallway and then didn't tell us what the game was. Yeah. And then, you know, the person before me went in and then did the thing and oh. then i came in they're like okay well here's what's gonna happen gotcha that makes sense it's like yeah. oh okay that's a good solution i would yeah. yeah i thought i thought maybe you were just writing it down and you had to turn in how many you got you know no that would have worked too yeah i had to think of it off the top of my head which is why i missed like some obvious ones yeah well, yeah um but yeah and then the movie was did great. you get douchebag vending machine because that's one of my favorites i, I did get douchebag okay that's yeah that's and right. i was yeah. like is this a swear it's more of like an insult it's totally a swear yeah it offends my mom so it's definitely a swear <laughs> um and then I also was saw James's mom the judge. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Has she seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? No, uh, no. I mean, they they would probably enjoy it. Um, yeah. The swearing uh, doesn't actually bother her that much. When I was in the hallway, the person I was competing against, she has never seen the play or the movie. Yeah. And so uh, she asked me like if I liked it, and my answer was that this movie is like the perfect movie to watch actors like in the zone acting as characters. Yeah. It's a movie you watch for craft, not because it's like this great. It's not like, Oh, amazing story. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. When it's over, you're not like, Oh man, that really hit me. You know, um, like not Avengers infinity war. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I would sooner and I should do, I should do this actually, since I have a Blu-ray copy of, of American Buffalo, I would lend them that because I think that's a better like character story. Um, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross feels like showing off. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just not very pleasant. It's, I like know, Red Skelt. It's good for, no. like, seeing character dialogue written and performed well. I think it would be a funny double feature with, like, uh, like... The Boss Baby. <laughs> no, 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 like like The Apartment or, mm. or, like, a good funny Jack Lemmon film. The Odd Couple. Like a really good... I well, I would I would sooner go to um uh not not the seven year itch um some like it hot like if you did some like it hot and then Glenn Gary Glenn Ross to just show like the the breadth of Jack Lemmon I think that would be pretty incredible but that that is all I think it's worth <laughs> uh, I, I mean I love it I, I I don't remember where I put it on my list of of best um, David Mamet films but it was certainly probably in the top five um, so. and then the last thing I saw was. Best Friends, Best Fiends, Greg Sestero's new oh, movie. Oh, shit. Yeah, volume one, because it's a two-parter. What? That's ballsy. I hope they only ever make the first yeah. half. <laughs> oh, no. Not second... because I want them to fail, just because I think it would be funnier in the world of film. No, the second one's supposed to be coming in June, so it's not that far off. Oh, wow. Um, so they just they shot one movie and got too much footage and made it into two. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's, it is so bizarre. Would, it, you, would you call it Tommy Wiseau's Infinity War? No. <laughs> it's it's Greg Sestero's David Lynchian Fever Dream. Oh, no. On edibles. Sestero didn't direct it, though, right? He didn't direct it. He just wrote it over a weekend. Wow. On drugs. Yeah. Okay. So it's their Age of Ultron is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a Q&A afterward, and the points were that, yeah, he, he wrote over a weekend. He wanted to make something to showcase Tommy as not like just a weird, like something that catered to his sensibilities. 
um because obviously no one's like casting him in a ton of stuff other than like hey nor should there's crazy like he's very typecast yeah. as like a weirdo <laughs> and yeah like in this movie he plays a mortician yeah like a weird mortician but you really want to showcase like why like that performance makes sense sure um so best friends is about uh i think yeah it's, uh, greg's character's named john he's a drifter um one day like he's panhandling and he has these great like panhandling handling signs they're like creative they're not just like hey can i have five bucks it's yeah like, i forget what they are they're, the they're things like, like you know family killed by ninjas need 20 bucks that's, yeah that's exactly one of them actually yeah uh yeah i need 20 bucks for karate lessons <laughs> yes that's right uh, another one's like um uh shoot i just had it oh yeah my wife got everything in the, in the divorce so yeah <laughs> um so anyway he's a drifter and then uh he sees this hearse just uh like every day like at five o'clock comes by his corner or whatever so he follows it down this alley to like see where it's going because also the hearse has like neon lights on the bottom it's all tricked out <laughs> um and it, it goes back to the uh mortuary and then tommy wiseau's mortician character is trying to like get the casket out of the trunk and sister sarah's just staying in the ho- in the alley just watching him do it and then I was like, hey, man, come on, help me out with this. Like, doesn't he do this every day, presumably, without another dude's help? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he owns this mortuary, and uh, he gives Greg a job for a little bit, you know, just uh, like a little hourly thing. And then eventually Greg discovers that Tommy's saving, like, gold teeth from... The from bodies, the bodies yeah like he's he's extracting and actually just like whatever yeah and in, in, in general just like dental what they call it, dental scrap yeah so it's not even gold teeth sometimes it's like just real teeth yeah and greg like goes online at the library and finds out that you can make a ton of money like selling this stuff like why is he saving it so uh greg's launches his character launches in this plan to first he steals the teeth and sells it to get money because uh, he also soon after uh, goes to a bar very disaster artist like falls in love with this girl bartender um and then tommy finds out but then he convinces tommy to get in on the action and then there's like this underground dental scrap thing going on and then they make so much money that like they agree not to spend any of it but then suddenly tommy the tommy was those characters shows up with like a new car and like new clothes and um then it becomes a struggle of you know how do i get the money from tommy before he spends it all um yeah and in the meantime it's like it's in the style of he wanted to make a did something stop no it's all good no uh and part of the like style of and why it feels lynching is uh greg's goal i guess for the director was to make it very much like in the style of drive and there's mm. posters like thief on the wall in some places and there's some fun nods to um uh the room like there's a spiral staircase to Tommy's office <laughs> um at one point Paul Shear so- shows up i think it was Paul Shear um and he's in the movie that i don't know yeah i forget what like he, he plays some kind of like you don't know who he is cuz it's like part of the two parter like you'll find out in the next one but he's, his name is on this like company invoice um oh no uh when my when Greg Sestero shows up and confronts those two talking, uh, Tommy Wiseau goes, because yeah, Greg's character's name John. He's like, oh, hi, John. Um, so there's like that call back. Um, 
yeah but it's there's like like a like long edits and like weird takes um at one point they're playing basketball in the mortuary parking lot uh so that's another nod to the room um he says they were unintentional because uh the mortuary they were renting like actually had to do work so they had to take a break and there just happened to be a basketball and a hoop in the complex (laughs) so they did that um but it's shot way better than the room so there's that yeah um, but it's still like weird editing, weird pacing, weird acting. Weird. Uh, and there's like a really uncomfortable part where they're having like Chinese dinner in the lab. Um, and Tommy, Tommy was launches into this like sort of racist, like commentary on uh, Mexicans or, or no Chinese. Cause they're eating Chinese food. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, he makes some assumptions about Chinese people and you're like, Ooh, I don't know why you'd leave that in the movie, but Yeah. So, should people see it? I, I don't. I, unless you're a fan of the room and their whole mythology, probably okay. not. Because I don't think. Um, yeah. Um, or if you like weird, like David Lynchian style, nonsensical. Henry. I was just <laughs> yeah. Blu-ray, here we come. But, but if you're flipping <laughs> through VOD, probably not. Like you'd probably be right. put off by it. Sure. And that's all I watched this week. Cool. Uh, Henry, what do you got? Uh, well, around like two months ago, I decided I was going to watch every James Stewart film ever made. Ooh. Good for uh, you. <laughs> uh, just finished. Uh, oh, why why and, would you uh, do that? My mouth's bleeding, Bert. <laughs> you want the moon, uh, Mary? <laughs> the only stuff that thought would be interesting, that, just to mention, is that from doing I learned a little bit of the history of him. Uh, one thing that was interesting that I thought I'd bring up, he did a Lassie film like way later on the film called the magic of lassie uh that uh came out the same weekend as star wars uh the first star wars film and did horribly and everyone was like it's not bad but it's just it's just lassie and this is star wars Uh, and uh and the critical reception and the audience reception of that film was so bad that james stewart was like fine i'm not acting ever again and he retired Uh, and then he didn't act again well, well, for like a, until for a American while. Tale too, but well, yeah, he, he, I'm getting to that. Uh, and then he didn't. And so American Tale Two was like his last film, which he did like in the 80s. But in the while he was uh, retired, he retired. He did a film called Green Horizon. Have you guys ever heard of this film? No. Zach, you might have. Um, I've never seen it, but I feel like I've read it, like mentioned in a couple Stewart biographies. So, but anyway, I mean, proceed. What what's interesting about it is that it's a Kenyan film, hmm. uh, shot like all in Kenya, and he's the only American in it. Everyone else is African. The director's a- I think the Africans actually I think the director is actually uh, oh no yeah the director is uh, is Asian. I can't remember exactly what country it's maybe from maybe Chinese. Does, but it's an entire African film. Does Jimmy Stewart play a black person? No. Oh, okay. It's, it's, okay. <laughs> Oh man, bullet dodge. I'm just like yo. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that he plays this guy who like is like a pilot and then crash lands in Africa and he just then hangs out with Africans the rest of the film. And it's actually not that bad of a film. It's just really hard to find. Luckily oh. I found a print at like my school's library, but it's just a it's just a weird film. Yeah. Uh, and then he eventually did uh, American Tale and was like, which I mean if you watch American uh, American Tale 5 goes west. 
Yeah. He is not he's not trying like all that <laughs> hard. Like he just kinda lures everything monotone, which you could say is his character, but that's a bit of an excuse. He was yeah. he was um, pretty done by that point. I mean he, he I mean he he went through a, a bunch of ups and downs in his personal life and whatnot with his family in particular, so No, yeah, I mean like I mean he lived like he lived a life, like in right. uh I mean I'm not I can't hear you like super well, but I'm pre I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh I mean, his son did die in Vietnam. Yeah, which is a uh, kind of a big thing. It, it, uh, it, <laughs> it I think that's fair. It, that's it, fair. It, Just a bit. It more um, or less kind of like put him into his own little form of isolation. Not like Stuart wasn't a shut-in, but you know, he was not the same after his son died. So, um, um, yeah. So, uh, and then I, now that I finished that, um. I am so uh, you, moving have on you, to my... Have you now watched every one of his films? Yes. It... I don't include, like, documentaries. Sure. Uh, yeah. But all of his narrative films I've seen. Cool. All, uh, Which one is the best? Exact... The... Which one is best? The porn one. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rope. Okay, yeah. Rope's um, great. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, all 85 of his films I've seen now. Wow. Um, and... And the one, the one that I say does, that does not get like talked about a lot that I thought was really, really good was uh, uh, the Flight of the Phoenix. Sure, uh, hmm. that one's also, I like Quaid that one a lot too. I said Dennis Quaid is great. Oh yeah, he's great. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, but yeah, and so now I've moved on from that project to my new project, which I'm watching all the Dogma '95 films, which has already been a mistake. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, How did you do that, Henry? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Can you explain? Okay, okay. <laughs> so, Dogma '95 was a film movement in the early two th- in the late '90s, early 2000s, uh, kind of led by Lars von Trier, uh, Harmony oh. Korine, or not Harmony Harm- Korine didn't lead it, but he was definitely a part of it. Is this like Mumblecore another... stuff? No, no. We're getting to that. Okay, all right. We're all right, getting right. to that. Um, so basically, the rules Dogma '95 was this movement of like very minimalist uh, filmmaking, sure, where it's like. There's no non-diegetic stuff in the film whatsoever. Uh, and you have to shoot, like, you have to edit in camera. It's all digital, and so you just, like, shoot, take, 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 cut with the with the camera cutting, and then the next take has to be the next scene. Uh, there's no music unless it's on camera. There is, it's, there's really nothing, you can't have really have lighting. Uh, you can't really do anything really crazy. Uh, the idea being that by stripping away all the fantastical elements of filmmaking, you get a better performance, and it, or it's easier for the audience to focus on the performance and on the story. Oh, I thought you were going to say the argument that it was it was intentionally trying to make a bad film because that's what it sounds like. But anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. But what I've re- but the problem with that is that there are a lot of people because like uh like because a couple of them are good films. Like surprisingly, like they they really stretch that dollar really wide. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that, like, and the, the pro- I mentioned this because I reviewed a Dogma 95 film around a year ago for Art House Asshole called uh, Trash Humpers, which oh, is a yeah. Harmony Korine film. That. Yeah. And, uh, and, it's ba- and like, the problem with that film is that by stripping away all the fantastical elements, you get the story and the character. Unfortunately, the story and the character is garbage. <laughs> so you get to focus a lot on that. <gasps> Sounds like That's Harmony That's not how Corinna, all right? of Dogma 95 is, but I, a lot of it does kind of fall to that. And by saying, but with you mentioning Mumblecore, what I've also realized is that, like, the kinds of stories you can tell this way are very limited because you can't do a lot. Uh, so what ends up? So I've, what I've really discovered because I'm around like I've seen around five, six of them now, and 
basically what I've discovered is that Dogma 95 is essentially just mumblecore, but with bad cinematography. <laughs> um, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, I mean, there there are a couple that I think are really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kira's Reason is a film about uh, a woman who returns to hit her uh, husband and children after being in a mental institution about the transition back to kind of being normal. Sure. And her struggles with that. That one, That one's pretty great. Uh, but it's really like it really is hit or miss depending on who your director is and what the screenplay is and what the actors are because oftentimes it is not na- no name actors yeah uh, and so but anyway watching that and then finally uh, I tried to go see Borg uh, v McEnroe uh, so I tried seeing that didn't work out I saw I feel pretty instead ooh um, how is wow. it it was it was a mis- uh, well, it was a mistake on my part but the, I will say the film is fairly cute. Cool. And it's not. It, critics were a lot more harsh on the film than I think was necessary. I will say the biggest problem the fi- with the film is that uh, it being a comedy and how they shoot and perform certain scenes kind of undermines its own message. Because mm. because the, the film is very much about like you know self confidence and uh, like image. loving yourself and loving loving who you are as just a person regardless of what you look like or anything like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and kind of like about, like throwing out beauty standards and that kind of thing. The problem, though, is that, like, because in, in case you don't know, the plot of I Feel Pretty is that Amy Schumer is uh, this very unconfident woman, very unhappy with her body, uh, and then she gets into, like, a she hits her head really hard, and then she wakes up, and she then has, the like, all the confidence in the world. Uh, kind of play, it, it never really says it, but it kind of plays off that, like, she looks in the mirror and sees a different body than what she actually has. Right. Sort of a, uh, and then that's kind late, of, uh, it's a, like a lady version of Shallow Hal. Yeah, essentially, yeah. but like from her perspective, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, and so that's kind of the plot. But the problem with it is that like throughout the film, after she has the incident or whatever, like she does all this stuff that's like confident and kind of like celebrating herself and everything. But everything's played as a joke, right? So it's like so like the message that it's giving kind of the conflicting kind of signal where it's like. I understand that you want her to that you want the audience to feel like, oh yeah, we should feel confident about our bodies, but it's hard to do that when you see someone who doesn't have a perfect body doing something confidently and then being laughed at for it. Right, yeah. The whole intent the whole joke of the film is she shouldn't be confident, but she yeah. is. Which is contrary to what the message it's trying to send. Yeah, I I I was concerned about that myself. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, the film isn't bad. I mean, like, if you saw the trailer and were like, "I want to see the film," but then like the reviews came out, and you're like, "I don't know if I should see the film." I would still go see it because if you, if you if you like the trailer, you'll probably like the film. Uh, yeah. It's cute. It's cute. Uh, it's. I mean, in terms of romantic comedies, we don't get much of them anymore. And yeah. so, if you want a romantic comedy, it's not bad. To, uh, to to play a little contrarian, I would say like the even though that is true, like. Mm-hmm. I think the point is still made. Like the lesson can be learned, even if the movie undermines itself. Like, oh no, I'm not saying that the lesson's yeah. not learned. I mean, like the film ends with like a kind of like a serious monologue that is pretty inspiring and that yeah. kind of thing. But right. I'm just saying, like how they got get there, I think right. isn't the best way. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but I mean, it's still it's still a fine film. Uh, definitely not. I mean, some people are like, it's the worst film ever made. I think they just don't like Amy Schumer. Yeah. Um. That, but uh, that was my anyway. I think it's I think it's just they fine. probably don't like really... her because she's a woman and not hot. Yeah. And that's uh, that's me saying that in quotes. I'm not saying she's actually not attractive. I'm yeah. saying that's what stupid internet people think. No, yeah. Um, I mean, like, sp- I mean, surprisingly, Michelle Williams is in the film. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I saw her in the. I actually thought it was uh, in the trailer. I thought it was Rebecca De Mornay. 
And then I was like, no. Because she's like one of the like model people that she works for or something, right? I mean, like her character is basically like she plays like the CEO of this huge makeup company. Sure. Uh, and then along the way, like like uh, she they hire Amy Schumer to be kind of like the everyday person to kind of head their like target brand. Yeah. That they're making. And she plays the head. And then she's like this other relationship. But one thing I will say is weird is that they kind of play it up that like she will end up being like the antagonist. Because uh, she is like this gorgeous person, very like, but doesn't understand of everyday people and that kind of thing. Yeah. But then they, it's, but and they keep like hinting at it, like she's gonna turn, she's not gonna work out, she's gonna hate Amy Schumer, she's gonna double cross Amy Schumer, and then she just never does. And then she ends up like having this emotional ending with her mother in the end. That's not that kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. And so it's like you didn't earn any of this. Why am I? Why do I care about this ending? And so. Hmm. But I mean, she's fine. She's she's kind of annoying because she's kind of <laughs> hamming it. Up. She's actually not very good in the film, honestly. Um, because uh, she does this one voice that's like extremely high pitched, extremely nasally. Okay. Uh, and it's just like this would be good as like a cameo, but not as like the second most important character of the film. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. I saw that, and then let me make sure. I don't think there's anything else that I saw. Um. Yeah, it's that's oh I rewatched uh I tried to rewatch Doctor Strange which uh I couldn't and we'll get into that in spoilers. I did too. Uh oh, you couldn't finish it? Uh well, no. I so mm, this is not a judgment yeah, I, of yeah, the film. Yeah, it's something I would like to talk about more spoilers. <laughs> uh, this is not a judgment of the film, but I will say cuz it's one of the few movies on Netflix and there was a period where I was like, "Oh, I want to watch just something to get ready for it." And um the it, it's one of the ones, a few on Netflix, and when I went to pull it up, I realized that the last time I tried to watch it on Netflix, I got about halfway through and stopped, and then this time I watched it and I got about halfway through and fell asleep, like I watched it as I was going to bed and just fell asleep. So I still haven't seen the end again, which is the whole point. Like I, the point yeah. of me <laughs> wanting to watch it again was because I wanted to see the whole Dormammu thing again. Um, I so I now like twice I've watched the first half of the film. Um, uh, which is maybe the part I don't like as much. But it's got Michael Stolberg well, I mean, in the first One thing half. I will say that, like, on the flip side of that, I tried to be watching it after I saw Infinity War. Ah. Uh, and I tried, because I, cause I liked Doctor Strange Infinity War, and I was like, I should go see his film again. Yeah. Uh, and I just physically couldn't do it uh, knowing what happens in the film. And so... Uh, okay. Without, without spoiling things. Um, right. But on the flip side, and so I was worried that I couldn't watch superhero any of the MCU films uh, until the next one. And uh, then I rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And that film's still good. I got through all of that one. And that one's a good one. I like that film still. Good job, James Gunn. You did it. And so... Um, Fair. Uh, cool. And so, yeah. And so that's why I watched. So. Sounds good. Um, I don't have a whole lot. I, uh, I watched the first episode of season two of Westworld, um, which I don't know. Did anybody else watch the first season of westworld i don't i think okay no, so I'm, guys... I'm five episodes in okay don't spoil a goddamn thing i won't <laughs> i won't um yeah i mean that's why i was asking was i was like if y'all had said like oh yeah we all watched the first season then i would talk about it but because we're all um, cool james <laughs> no i so i really uh, like the first season. hbo i <laughs> Um, I've got disposable fourteen dollar income. No, 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 no. What I have is Dan, who calls and complains to Comcast every six months and gets us like six months of free HBO. Like, that's all I do. I, I, yeah, I, I don't do anything. Um, I need to learn his ways before I move out on my own. So that well, I, now, not that it matters because I don't want to have Comcast. I don't want to have internet or I don't have cable when I move out anyway. Like I would rather just have internet. But whatever. 
none of that matters. Uh, Westworld. Uh, first episode of season two. I like season one quite a bit. Um, but my concerns at the end of season one all feel like they're coming true. Um, I'm not with season two. I'm not terribly invested in the characters right now and they're setting up new mysteries, but they're not setting up. They're not investing in the characters in the way I would like them to. Um, so I'm, I would say I'm worried, but at the same point, like this is one of those things where it's like a hard line to walk where when you're trying, especially with HBO shows where I think HBO is trying to figure out in a, in a binge worthy TV culture that we have now, like, how do we keep people excited? You know, you got to those first that first episode or two of the new season has to be really crazy so that everybody talks about it at the water cooler so that everybody remembers that they liked that show two years ago. There are still water um, coolers or and, more long lines that like they have to talk about the water cooler so that people other people that weren't aware that it started again. Uh, exactly. That's it. my point. Right. So, like, yeah, the, they got to figure out how to get that jump started um, because they're the, the market of people who are who are watching HBO on a regular basis and just are getting marketed to by HBO is probably a lot smaller because people don't just mm -hmm. sit down and watch TV as much anymore. So, I mean, I'll it, even say that, like, I, I watch a lot of HBO Go frequently because yeah. I'm, like, watching, like, Barry, Silicon Valley, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't even know that started up. Yeah, I didn't uh, know until that Sunday. Like, some, I, I, some guys yeah. I was talking about. I feel like that year-long delay or that how many year-long de delay they did like yeah. kind of hurts it. Well, I mean, it's just a year but between the seasons, but still, it's just, just the normal traditional television t scheduling is just weird now. So anyway. We've all gotten so accustomed to like the Netflix schedule right. of like an entire season. Then you can kind of space it out yourself or watch it all at once right. or whatever. That like a year, like they have to wait in between shows now is like, come on, let's fucking go. Yeah. So. And I think that's part of my issue here is that like, with an, with with sequel seasons of Netflix shows, they can kind of just pick up the story and keep moving and rely on that little bit of marketing to get people to watch the first few episodes and and move into it uh, and and sort of binge the show. Whereas here, they got to get people hooked week to week again, and mm -hmm. so the first episode just feels like a lot of mystery and setup and like, hey, we you remember what it felt like to not know what was going on, like. Um, so again, I mean, it's also like I mean, one thing I'll say about Westworld specifically is that like I'm five episodes of the first season. It's not a binge show. No, like, you can't like sit down and just watch all of it. Yeah, because like I'm like five. I'm now five hours into the show, and I just figured out what the plot of this show is. Because like, <laughs> yeah. like there's just so many moving parts. It's like it's hard to be like, oh, that's what we're doing. Right. So yeah, exactly. And it's a similar thing. So I'm not like I don't know. I, I will continue to watch it week to week, but um, it didn't like blow me away. Uh, beyond that, I started. Wa I don't think I talked about this before. I started watching Wild Wild Country, which is a Netflix documentary series about. Yeah, you did. Um, about the cult up in uh, Washington State. Um, so that's a thing. Oregon. It's fine. Um, oh yeah, Oregon. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's it's fine. It's interesting. If you like learning about cults, you should check it out. Um, I just feel like it's unlike most cult like centric documentaries, like. Because how many times has the Jonestown massacre been examined by right. like 500 people? What makes this interesting is that there's two sides to this in a weird way because of the fact that like for everything you think is weird about the Rajneesh Param cult, there's equal there's equal there's equal like amounts of like things to dislike about the people who lived in the town 
prior to Rajneesh Prom coming mm. because it's a, it's a it's a simple case of their prejudice overpowering uh, uh overpowering a community that they feel they are misunderstood now like it really depends on you to figure out at especially within the early episodes is like well who's really at fault here and then just keep going though cuz things yeah. become even more murky it's, and it's really it's fascinating Reading about it online doesn't know justice. Like this is the best way to learn about this particular thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I'm I'm enjoying it, and you know, um, I love the score a, to it too. It's a very you know sort of niche little little pocket of if you're interested in this, you should check it out. Yeah. Um, but I'm, it's not like I'm so hooked that I'm like burning through it. It's just like it's a every now and then kind of thing. Um, um, I, I love the score to the documentary. Like, yeah, there's some really, really great like musical cues, especially when they're talking about the. Um, the o, the o show yeah um, yeah so. um and then i think that's pretty much it um i'm trying to think what else yeah i rewatched dr strange i, I rewatched some stuff but oh oh the real reason is because i've been basically doing nothing but playing god of war whenever i have time uh which is real good people should pick up a god of war holy shit uh i like hitting people with axes and pulling the axe back like i'm thor and kicking them in the face till their heads explode um, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Turns um, out the real war was family. I yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's totally what it's about. You know, man. I know. Fucking boy, this why holiday season. Why won't boy just listen? Get over here, shoot arrows at the witch so that she won't move, so I can hit her with my axe, boy. Gosh, why do you I only have three a, arrows, boy? I saw a story online that I thought was kind of funny. That was uh, the voice actor for uh, Kratos. Just like was really struggling with the with his son's actual name, so he just like the browser's like just call him boy, and that's yeah. why he says it so frequently throughout the Aramaeus, game. Yeah, I was that makes way more sense because I was like he has a name. Why don't they? Just, why do they just call him boy all the time? Anyway, it's really good. Go get you some God of War. Um, so even though I've got a couple of movies, I bought uh, I bought all the money in the world, and I bought Molly's game because I really wanted to watch them. Um, but I haven't. I want to watch them. I don't want to watch them while I play God of War, which is not an option until... Well, does God of War have Christopher Plummer in it? It doesn't matter. Does <laughs> does, does I Christopher... they replaced Kratos with Christopher Plummer. Right? That would actually be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good. Christopher so. Plummer in a mocap suit. This, yeah. isn't, this isn't like a... I mean, I know you're not a fan of Honest Trailers, but they kept putting... A, Christopher Plummer's head on top of Kevin Spacey's throughout like the halfway point, like onward on the honest trailer for Baby Driver. Oh, it's yeah. pretty funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, and instead of saying like Kevin Spacey and whatnot, they just go Christopher Plummer. <laughs> right. Cool. Anyway, that's uh, what I've been watching. So, here's Blu-ray releases. Winchester is getting its Blu-ray release this week. Uh, did anybody see that? I don't. Did Ryan see it? No, I wanted to go, but the 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 fucking reviews were like brutal, and they I were. just and I was just like I. And it's not a spinoff of. Uh, it's the not Dead, a Conjuring so. film. Oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's not a spinoff of The Conjuring, so nobody wants to see it. It's directed by the guys who did Saw Legacy, and that was also another deterrent. <laughs> There's a movie was, called Saw Legacy. The new or the Jigsaw? Sorry. Oh, Jigsaw. The, 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 oh, okay. the, yeah, the reboot. Yeah. The the reboot cool. <laughs> I was like, how many fucking Jigsaw movies or Saw movies are there? There'll Twenty. Another one. If you saw Jigsaw. <laughs> to quote, to quote, um, Mustafa Khan, I keep going with Saw, and I stop at twenty-two. <laughs> 
Uh, Peter Rabbit is out on Blu-ray this week. Um, so if you want to see not Paddington 2. Move over, Paddington. There's yeah. a new adorable Also, my, my Blu-ray of Paddington 2 came in, and I haven't watched it yet, but I might watch that. That's a movie I can watch while I beat shit up on as Kratos. I just won't be very good at beating shit up, because he'll, he'll make my heart so happy that I, I'm not very good at fighting. And hey, you know, like, I get It'll it. It'll make you love your son, though. Right. <laughs> And I get it. You need to watch Paddington 2. It kills time until Christopher Robin comes out, and then an adorable bear shows no, hey, up. Hey, you know? hey, hey, hey. Uh, anyway, so you I can watch... I Henry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you watch that 4K of... There's room for two bears in, in my heart, for the record. My heart is big. Padding, Paddington made my heart big enough that there's room for two bears inside. My I want to do an internet video of of uh, Henry in a Paddington like outfit and me in a pair in a poo suit fighting each other yeah, over. I, yeah, who's, I just, who's I just want to watch Henry kick you in the balls. It's, it'd be so fun. Um, 12... It's a good thing we're thousands of miles away, Zach. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Twelve Strong is out on Blu-ray, which is a movie where Chris Hemsworth holds a gun. And rides horses to defeat terrorists. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, so I wanted that, to rent it. That might be good. It, it was it was the annual or it, it was January's annual. We need a military movie. Yeah. Movie. Uh, there's a Diane Kruger movie called In the Fade that's out on Blu-ray. This I wrote week. a review of that. Henry, is that the one from Cannes? I did an art house asshole of that film. That's How right. should people see it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty. She's really good in it. Cool. Uh, there was talk that if it was in English, she would have been nominated for Best Actress for it. They cool. should use the but original poster because uh, that art looks... Yeah, this cover is pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. The cover... They, they, it's really a film that's hard to market because it's like it's kind of... It tells three different kinds of story. Like, the first act is very different from the second act, and the second act is very different from the third act. Oh, okay. And so... But I recommend checking it. If you like like kind of like a political kind of... Th- well, not even a... Pol- if you just want like a thriller, uh, it's pretty good. So. Yeah. It, uh, it's called an edge-of-the-seat tr- thriller here on the cover. Um, I don't know about it, that. It, it, it looks like a movie where where two men hold down Diane Kruger for two hours. So basically, um. I mean, it's like the first act she gets really sad, <laughs> and then like the third, the second act is the court case about why she's sad, oh. and then the th- and then the third act is a revenge murder film. Okay, and that's so, great. Like, yeah, cool. Uh, it's de- it's definitely it's worth checking out. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely good. So so it's like Kill Bill, but with different priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it certainly sounds better than Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, uh, um, wow. which is still out on making these. Blu-ray this week starring Jamie Kennedy. There you go. There are certain rules in order if, to survive a Tremors film. If you were wondering, what happened to Jamie Kennedy? This now is your answer. You know. <laughs> yeah. He's in Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, uh, where the, the Graboids apparently are the size of the Dune Worms now. Um, hey man, you you gotta so, you gotta keep making money until they make Malibu's Most Wanted too. Oh, this looks bad. Okay, yeah. Anyway, uh, but you can check out Tremors. Um, Please stand by. Is that on Blu-ray this week? Which is a movie with Dakota Fanning and Tony Collette. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, she uh, Dakota Fanning is a Star Trek fan, and she has a Star Trek script she wrote, and she tries to go to Hollywood and get it produced. Ooh, this sounds good. I think Patton Oswalt's in it too. Are we sure this isn't the story of Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> Just saying. Well, didn't they say that they have like four different Star Trek scripts they're looking at right now? Quentin Tarantino is being one of them. That yeah. number keeps changing every week. That, <laughs> that might be Star Trek Five. I heard. So yeah, we we will figure. Somebody's gonna figure that shit out. Hopefully, they make another Star Trek movie. Period. Um, yeah, with a woman. That's cool. Star Trek. The five. woman part is cool. <laughs> um, I and I hope that they pick a really good script for her so that they don't. Railroad a woman into obscurity, like 
hey, do do the whole industry a favor and help that woman be successful. Um, That's kind just, of a, just it, a plea, real quick. Well, I think we're already set up for failure because it's the script I wrote in crayon. So, oh, yeah. Uh, there's a Blu-ray of Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is an anime. I don't know much else about it. It's not Ghibli, but it looks like it. Yeah, Studio Panak. Yeah, look at just look at that girl's hair. Um, Kate Winslet. Uh, I think it's made by like someone who worked at Studio Ghibli and then either fired or got or quit. And I was like, I'm going to do my own thing then. And then he made that film. Gotcha. So. Anyway, you can check that out. I don't need you, Miyazaki. <laughs> uh, Mama Mia's out on 4K as well. Uh, so, Thank God. Uh, here we go, here we if go again. If you've been waiting all this time for the higher definition version. Uh, Mama Mia, here we go again in right. 4K. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can never let it go. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, no, no. This isn't, this isn't the second one. This is just Mama Mia. Yeah. Here. This is regular trying to Mama. cash in on that Mamma Mia money. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. They're, they're trying to capitalize on the marketing for Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Every time I see. Also, we didn't mention it in news, but ABBA just got back together, <laughs> like, just in time for Mamma Mia oh, too. I, like, I didn't hear that. That's yeah, uh, they recorded for the first time since their breakup. Wow. I. Do not give a shit. Wow. Um, the the poster for Mamma Mia Two like always baffles me more so because I'm just like, who wears overalls? <laughs> no one wears those anymore. I seriously, I don't see anyone wearing overalls. Yeah. Um, doesn't, doesn't like, isn't there an animated bear who wears overalls? One of them should. Corduroy. Um, uh, corduroy. Th- yeah, corduroy. Uh, on Blu-ray this week, thank God it's Friday, starring Jeff Goldblum. And Donna uh, apparently, apparently the 1978 Academy Award winner for Best Song. Um, I-, I have no idea what this is, but it looks cool. There's a lady on the front. And by cool, I mean like a pile of trash with some weird shit in it. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it's great. I mean, I, I don't it, know. It won an Academy Award. My uh, listing has a different cover art. It says, after 5,000 years of civilization, uh, dot, we dot, all need dot. a break. <laughs> wow. That was, so, that was a lot of weight yeah. for not a lot of deliver- After 5,000 years of so-and-so, relax. Oh, <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Goodness. Thank God it's Friday. We all need a break. Please tell me it's about disco aliens. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, there's a straight-to-DVD, I believe, movie called Nostalgia, which no, I ham. it was at Landmark. Was it? Oh. Like yeah, it was, it's, it's actually not bad. Yeah? Uh, I was just going to ask, I mean, it's none of It's a Ryan that I would describe, or it's, it's a film that I would describe as Ryan would absolutely hate it. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's a whole bunch of, it's this family that, like, their house burned down, and they're, now they're just, like, thinking about all the stuff they did and how sad they are now. Uh, it's. I mean, actually, I, as I'm saying it, it's not very good. Actually. <laughs> um, as I remember seeing this, I didn't really enjoy you this film. Real so. quick. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. So the um, the next one is is this an Arrow release? Uh, uh, no, it's a Vinegar Syndrome release of Blood Hook, uh, which is a pretty fucking dope cover. I probably should have put this one last because this cover is so good. Uh, the tagline is "Once you're hooked." You're dead. And there's uh, a hook through that chick's chin. Yeah, so there's a giant man so not trying around. to grab a woman who's being pulled out of the ocean. Like she's she is in, you know, a swimsuit and there's a there's a hook, like like a fishing hook under her chin pulling her out like she's a little fish. It's like she's a salmon. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. They they were gonna call it blood salmon, but but they <laughs> didn't. This it's this is pretty good though. 
This is yeah. this is a this is a good cover. It's like interesting. <laughs> um, also from, from Vinegar Syndrome is Blue Vengeance. This is not a very good cover, um, but it's got a guy who kind of looks like Martin uh, Steve Martin yelling. Then that's it. Who knows if it's good? Uh, and then the the absolute best worst horror film of the week that everybody should definitely pick up is Maya the Bee Two: The Honey Games. Uh, which, why does this, I didn't know there was a Maya the Bee one. And I also really hope that by calling the subtitle the honey games, this is absolutely some kind of battle Royale hunger games thing with bees where animated <laughs> bees have to kill each other to survive. Well, what about that part in the hunger games where actual <laughs> bees are used to kill the other kids? Oh my God. <laughs> it's about oh my God. If this is an animated film about the story of those bees, <laughs> like do bees get like other bees to kill the other bees yeah. or just oh. like a smaller microorganism that they use to yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like monsters inc where like these bees's job is to fly into the hunger games and kill children but there's one bee maya who's not very good at it and she has to like she teaches the other ones that you can actually be more efficient at killing children if you like dance or some shit do, do they ever get an opportunity to team up with barry b benson from b movie uh, I, that, when I pulled there this up, Avengers. I thought this was a sequel to the B movie called Maya. <laughs> I thought I when I first read this, I thought it was called Maya the B movie two, and then I realized like, oh no, this is a completely different animated B c- c- series. Um, Jerry Seinfeld refused to ruin the integrity of yeah. B movie one. <laughs> they right. could team up with Aquila. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Aquila the and the B. Oh man, that's a that's a deep cut. And then they can finally figure out the secret life of Well, Akila is actually kidnapped and and sent to the Hunger Games. Um where her spelling bee skills will not serve her very well. Um and then she has to fight the bees. <laughs> there are absolutely no challenges involving spelling. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's all about It's all about whether or not you can pretend to be a rock. Um, those are the only challenges <laughs> yeah, it's, it's here. It's about makeup skills. Yes, it's all about. It makeup feels weird skills. because they've got human heads, but they've got bee bodies. Like, I'm, I'm, they don't have stingers. Th- this is scarier than a Cronenberg movie. Which, if they did, because of the anatomy, this is weird. This, yeah, this just looks like a like slightly chubby kid in a black and yellow th- 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 suit. This is scarier than the Human Centipede, man. <laughs> uh, these are weird. Yeah, don't see Maya the Bee too. Just gonna <laughs> say that. Not, maybe not worth it. I don't um, think we needed to tell anyone to do that. <laughs> cover isn't that cool to look at. I, I think don't they would have figured this out. <laughs> Not even a tagline on the box. Can't even tell you what it's about. You can watch it anywhere, though. <laughs> you can watch it anywhere. That's not helping. <laughs> oh, man. On Letterbox, a total of 10 people have seen it. Uh, <laughs> so. Some of them are lying. Perfect five-star rating, though, They've... right? Yeah, well, yeah what's the that? rating? The rating? Uh... Looks like the average rating is around two. <laughs> so, is there any review there that stands out? Uh, there's one in German. Okay, um, <laughs> suddenly so. it makes sense. I like the B movie. It all makes it. They probably think that it's they a, were buzzing. They they probably think that it's a movie that has Jerry Seinfeld in it. By the way, reading the description of this film, it sounds like it is a parody of The Hunger Games. <laughs> That's why I, I assume I'm not kidding. I assume it is. Well, I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's like a competition for her school, and then that's going to save the day. But it's like, both no, these orbs. her hive chose her thing. to battle everyone else to save her hive. Wow, which sounds insane. That sounds great. 
All right, I might check that out. How much is it? Is it nine dollars? <laughs> if it's nine dollars on Amazon, I will not buy it. On Amazon, it is it would nine ninety one. Oh my god! See, <laughs> see, too expensive. They couldn't even bother to add the additional eight cents in there. They gotta get it. Oh, they gotta get that thing over or under nine dollars before I will even consider. But you can get it. the need- Blu-ray for twenty five dollars. <laughs> Sheesh. That's a movie I could watch while playing God of War, and it would make me better at killing people because I would be so angry. <laughs> like, I would crush so many skulls. Ugh, man. It's your form of, like, letting go of your the anger in I can't in wait for this life. film to be in my film explosion. <laughs> Is it a musical? Do you think the beasts sing songs? Let's find out. Great. No. Henry, get on that. Meanwhile, it's not. what's the buzz? Um. So this week, we went and saw... The Avengers 3. Marvel's, Disney's Marvel's The The Avengers Avengers Infinity Infinity War War. Part 1. It's not called Part 1, but you know what I mean. Uh, Zach. An associate of Sony. What? An associate of Sony. Right. Since Spider-Man's there. (laughs) In association with Sony Pictures. A division of 20th Century Fox. (laughs) (laughs) And a little Uh, bit of Universal. Right. Uh, Zach, should people go see that movie? Um... I mean, like it's kind of irrelevant given the box office results this week. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't say did they go see it. The question is, should I force people who have absolutely no interest in seeing it? Yeah, yeah, sure, force people. Um, no, this film is overwhelming and has big fucking purple balls, <laughs> like it on is, a guy's chin. The, you, uh, it's just it's it's a ballsy film. I can't believe it got pulled off. I'm happy it got pulled off. Um, thinking about it has been the also the most exhausting yet rewarding thing. Um, like there was a there's a weird like I, I mean I'm sincere when I say this like I'm totally gonna offer up free counseling sessions for anybody who's having post Infinity War like like issues in their life. Like I'll ask you the right questions. Like and then how did this make you feel when Thanos did this? <laughs> I can make you know what You're and if be I start, the, the first official Avengers and Alrapist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> an Alrapist. Um and if I and if I start charging, I can make enough money until the se- until the next one comes out when it'll all be irrelevant. But right. um yeah, p- go see it. It's an event and Josh Brolin's actually amazing in this film. We'll talk about it later. Spoilers. Uh Brad, should people go see Disney's Marvels in association with Sony uh the Avengers Infinity War? I saw it three times this weekend already. I know. And yeah, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> uh, it's so much fun. Um, and it's, it, it, it has, it's gutsy. It's, it was it, really impressive. Um, the CGI on Thanos is actually amazingly like mind blowing. It sometimes like ama- the part where Mantis like tries to read his mind, which that's not spoilery. Okay, sure. All right. Um, it, the, it just, it feels like there's an actual, person in makeup there it's incredible yeah. like uh, i believed he was there and the porn store it's great uh, but yeah like the highlight for me though is just how fun the movie is uh how revealing uh like how gutsy it is and um like the, the the dialogue for all the characters it just doesn't feel like a retread it yeah. all feels original and yeah it's, it's it's great it's incredible it's worth 10 years of waiting yeah. Actually, I think I complained on this show before through all these movies of like, man, Thanos better be like an interesting character or like in his plot and like his motivation better be worth it because, you know, I didn't grow up with comics. I don't know other than you guys telling me he's like in love with death. But yeah, they right out of the gate and we'll talk about it. Like they show you how formidable Thanos is as a, as a force. 
Yeah, Henry, should people go see this movie? Uh, here's the thing. Yes, yes, very much. It's it's a very very good film. But I just told my mom and my sister, who are not like big superhero people, I said like, if you can avoid spoilers for a year somehow. <laughs> Maybe wait until the next one comes out because it's gonna be a rough year for me. So. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Let's be careful. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan, should people go see the Avengers? Yeah, they should see it. It's great. Spider-Man's in it. Of course, it's a suit. It's good. Ryan, uh, when, how, when'd you get here, man? Like we were just doing a whole episode. I'm gonna talk more in a bit. Isolated piece of audio. Ryan, are you okay? You sound like you're on crack, man. <laughs> uh, and then me. Um, yeah, people should see this movie. It's pretty great. Um, I would agree that... Yeah, people should see this movie. I don't even know that I can agree with Henry because I don't think his premise is feasible. So, like, I don't think you can Fair. go a year without being spoiled. Um, yeah, you should see this movie. It's great. I want to talk about it. So here we... Go. Oh, Ryan, you have to leave? That's weird. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You guys have fun. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants. So that's what we use. talk about this plan of yours i think it's good except it sucks so let me do the plan and that way it might be really good wow the end is near when i'm done of humanity will still exist. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. I hope they remember you. Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. All right, so, again, this is your last warning that now that the trailer has played, we are going to talk about this movie. I don't know that I've ever talked about a movie where spoilers were more important. I mean, certainly this is in, like, a list of ten films where you really, really, really don't want to have this spoiled. So, I mean, it was Paddington 2 before, but if now... If you're going to watch this movie, just go right now. 
because it's not going to be long. I've already started seeing things pop up online where people are saying things in a way where I'm like, oh, you're yeah. you're on the border. And so, in fact, I don't so, care I mean, if like this episode thing. isn't up yet. If you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this, go back to when we recorded this and see it already. Right. And then go. <laughs> right. I mean, like, one thing that's impressive is that, like, they released, like, it's pretty impressive that they released essentially one trailer for this film that said nothing. Yeah. Like, and that's all they had to do, and it's now, like, the highest grossing box office, like, of all time. Here's cool shots. I also have have really enjoyed going back and watching those trailers again, having now seen the movie, to see how much work they did to throw people off. So there's a lot of, like... Again, getting yeah, that, we are there. There's a lot of things yeah. like shots of the Hulk on Earth and stuff like that yeah. that's very much not in the film where they, they produce new CG or redid those scenes differently. And Thor igniting the hammer and the, like, the floating cape isn't there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff that they, they clearly... It's not even just these are deleted scenes that we, we did differently. I'm pretty positive, and i, I got to go back and check this, but I'm, I even think that that joke of, oh, we're using our made-up names, I think they use a different take because mm-hmm. the timing is different because I laughed at it in the movie, even though I'd seen that trailer like four times. Mm-hmm. Like His performance is slightly better in the movie than it is in the mm-hmm. trailer, and that made me you know. I think positioning-wise, they're like farther apart staged. Wise. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just clearly a different shot. Um, well, from what I've heard, one yeah. thing I will say that I thought was interesting is that, like, I think they did actually shoot like multiple different versions of the film because even the actors didn't know what was like going to be in theaters, right? And so yeah, I think like it's, it's very possible like like there's some stuff that's in the trailer that like that's in old, that's in like this type that's in this version of the film, not this version of the film. Well, we so. also don't know what the next one's gonna be it's entirely yeah. possible if there's like weird dimensional timey-wimey stuff that we're going to see multiple versions of this thing anyway yeah, yeah. let's start at the beginning where this movie starts off by killing people i love um like within 10 minutes you've already lost heimdall, heimdall. you've lost loki. heimdall and loki and i will say especially loki loki i think got a good end in in ragnarok like like they brought his character to a nice place. Here they give him one last really good solid ending, and then they kill him enough that you know when he dies. Like, oh, he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Like this is a hardcore. He dies a hero, um, and in a in a really wonderful, lovely way. And he dies at the hands of somebody terrible. Like you just knew that one was you know, um, which was great. And then I mean that then, one like. With that, like my sister saw it, and my sister, as like she saw this film, the only other Marvel films she's seen are Civil War and Spider Man because she really likes Tom Holland. Sure. Uh, and so like she was like, yeah, I, I thought like Loki's death was kind of like anticlimactic, but I was like, but the thing about that is, is that like Loki's di- like died like ten times in right. this franchise, so they couldn't do like anything. They had to make it kind of almost like so that way you know it's real. Like yeah. This one's really so, personal. Like, it just yeah. feels... Because it's not even... He doesn't even use the gauntlet. Like, he uses his regular hand to just squeeze his neck and pop it. And you're just mm-hmm. like... Oh, oh, oh. Like, the way, his, the way his head sort no, of moves. No, he used the gauntlet. I didn't think so. I thought it was the other hand. No, was it's, it the gauntlet? his left hand, which is oh, okay. the gauntlet. Yeah. Hey, you've seen it more than I have, so... Yeah. It's, it, All right. it, the snapping of the second one is kind of brutal for a PG-13 it is. movie. Like, yeah. I was just like, wow. It's, you, you almost feel like you can see his neck stretch a little bit. Yeah, and it's like and it's utilizing a CGI character to do something that extreme. Like, yeah. I know we've kind of seen it with like War for the Planet of the Apes and stuff like that where like you can go pretty intense, but... 
It also sets a really good standard because the CG of, of dying Loki isn't quite as good as the CG of Thanos. So then the rest of the movie, you just believe that Thanos is real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it was, it was, it's great. But at the same uh, time, like, given the ending of this movie, is Loki, like, he could conceivably come back? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get straight into it, like, uh, I, I think that... I love sitting in the theater and just feeling the audience go... What? Yeah, are you you're no, gonna do I, this to me? I will say I saw this like I even saw this in, I saw this in Brooklyn, and I saw this like at the Alamo in Brooklyn. And when everyone started dying, like when when Bucky started dying, one, and then specifically when Black Panther died, people fucking lost it. <laughs> like, everyone just people just started screaming like and just like yeah. couldn't handle it. And so yeah, our theater just got silent. Yeah, it was just like nobody knew what to do um actually i think shauna was like what <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah I, you just don't understand and i just never expected them to go this far right like we talked a number of times about like and i think partially is because they pitched it sort of as this whole two movie arc which obviously it is but at the same point everything ends in this movie right like mm-hmm. all the arcs if this stopped and there were no more movies you'd be like well that's the saddest franchise I've ever seen. <laughs> um, Ten years. Right. We introduce and these, on a down note. We introduce right. these characters, give them a lot of good of nice new friends they can hang out with, and then kill all their nice new friends. Be sad, everybody. Um, I, I will mean, say, I, did, I really, I really like the fact that like the people that are remaining are essentially only the founding members of the Avengers. Yes. I was like, just going to say, like, yeah. I came home and Dan was super frustrated because he's like, wait a second. I know there's all these sequel movies that are coming. And I know, like, how what am I supposed to do with all of this, you know, meta knowledge that I have? And I was like, yeah, well, it's because what's really beautiful about this and, you know, not that I want to jump to predictions when we haven't even talked about what's good about this movie. But to me, if we're bringing basically the phase one characters to an end, like the next movie is them having now and having now everybody lost to this guy while divided because that's the big thing that i love about the structure of this film is the very first thing they say they have to do to fight thanos they never do (laughs) tony never calls cap if tony calls cap the whole movie's different but because that never happens they're still divided and as a result every fight is defensive and they lose and so your next film is okay you gotta put the Avengers back together and go beat this guy and my expectation is that at least Cap and Tony and probably Thor all agree to basically do some kind of suicide mission where at least those first two die in order to save everyone else and then that sort of reboots the whole universe again um, on the backs of like okay we've We've told this great story in this first three phases of these main characters who really got us started, and now we have this whole universe where we can play around and we can call back to these characters, but they don't need to. They don't need to show up, and they and their arcs have come to a complete end. You know, um, in a in a way, bad analogy, but they could Paul Walker it essentially, where it's oh. like he's still in the universe, but he's not. Like, yeah, I think you could do that with Thor. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could do that with Thor. I don't think you could do it with Tony because I think you want Tony's presence to stop. I think you want yeah. to stop having Tony in Spider-Man movies and that kind of stuff. I think Cap deserves a great death. Like no, definitely Cap, and it's why when the last fight scene happened, I was like, okay, well, Cap's not going to die because he hasn't he hasn't given a great speech. 
Like, unless Cap gives at least one more good hoorah, I hate bullies speech, he can't die. So you need a whole nother movie just so that Cap can, like, you need those guys to get together, have a great scene where they reconcile, they, they give some good speeches, and then they die. I think Thor, you could keep around and have him just not be there because, A, people care less about him so he doesn't have to show up. He could pop up every now and then, but, who, you know, who cares? But he's got that great scene in this movie where he... Like he's talking to Rocket and, and Rocket's asking him about all his friends and family. He's like, no, they're dead. Yeah, they're dead too. Every Everyone is dead. It's kind of like literally Thor has nothing left. Uh, no, he, I mean, he even says that. He says like, and if I don't win, I have nothing to lose. And right. so, Well, where's Valkyrie though? Because they don't explain that. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, if you're listening very carefully um, to that uh, transmission at the beginning um, during the logo, you can hear one of the pods escape. Apparently, That's, oh okay. because yeah, so. I was gonna say, well, like, well, the, well, they say that half of them got away. Okay, and yeah, so, so it's like so Valkyrie, like, Valkyrie and, led some people to Earth, and they they could rebuild Asgard, but they're yeah. not gonna really do that. Like, they're probably not gonna have a lot of Asgardians in future Marvel movies because. Or what? The, or what they'll do? Like I can see. I don't think they're because like even at the end of Thor three, I was like, There's, they're not going to fucking Earth because that's just going to complicate things way too much. What I can see them doing is like at the end of Infinity War two or whatever they call it, uh, essentially like rebuilding the entire universe and having it be like, and Asgard survived and like now they're there again and it's fine. And so well, I would almost say like because I don't I don't think that the version we're going to get is they figure out a way to get the time gem back and they undo. Basically, they undo the, the 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 snapping of fingers, but that everybody else who died stays dead. There's going to be some other thing that they do to undo. Oh that. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I heard uh, a theory that Thanos doesn't understand the power of the Soul Stone. I was and just, that. Yep. Yeah, no one's actually dead. They're just trapped in a different type of universe. Yeah, they're trapped mm-hmm. in the Soul Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's and I I think that's per, personally I think it's it's something along that which is why and I wanted to ask you guys what you think Avengers Four is going to be called because I have a feeling I think it'd be cool if they just call the next one Ultimate Avengers and just kind of go with because I, I think I can see that happening too or if they want to reboot it essentially and get like a new Cap or like have like a have Bucky be Cap now and just ha- call that Ultimate Captain America or something like that yeah. well, it's supposed to be a spoilery title and that's why they haven't done it yet so I'm yeah that's what I was thinking like, too. Like it's probably something like Avengers disassembled or reassembled, possibly Avengers: The Last Jedi. Yeah, but that wouldn't be spoilery enough, just because the, like you know, you know that, you know that the whole point here has to be that in the next film, they put that that initial team back together. It's got to be something about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it would be really cool, and I said this after the movie. I think it would be really cool if they don't reveal the actual title until the credits of Captain Marvel and that basically they start putting out trailers in the fall for that movie with just, no title on just it. Just use the big ass just, A. Yeah, just use the A. Do the same, Do the shitty marketing the Venom movie is doing, only in this mm-hmm. case it works because you're not fucking morons. Um, and Sorry, I think those trailers are obnoxious. Um, but like, I think that would be really cool. But then it would have to be something where it's like it, it it's something that gets set up in Captain Marvel and then you know like, oh, that you know. Um, but I have no. I mean, yeah. like my theory, like, like, like you could call it like Avengers it. through time. Uh, Which, like that way, would be spoilery. If you're not sure what that pager symbol at the end of the post credits was. It's Captain Marvel. I'm yeah. surprised yeah. people didn't actually get it. So yeah, I, I mean, you, I mean, it's also like if you don't know like 
what the symbol is. I mean, if you follow, like, the schedule, like, it's pretty... It's not going to be Ant-Man. Like, it's not, like... Avengers Cruise Control. You know, yeah. The only people who don't know what it is are people who aren't following it enough so that... Like like my parents, right? They didn't know what it was. And when I said, it's Captain Marvel, the look on their face was, okay. Like, it doesn't matter. You know? Either... Like, that is totally one of those fanboy scenes where it's like, okay, cool. This is to hype up that, that movie for fans. But it doesn't... It doesn't excite I mean, anybody who doesn't already know. It's essentially the exact same thing as the first after credit scene where he's like, we're putting together the Avenger initiative. Yeah. People don't know what that means, but if you know what that means, you're really excited. So. Well, I think the, the the way that it works that's really great for them and the reason they do it is because what happens is all the people who don't know go ask their friends who know this shit. And then by the time they get around to it, what when the Captain Marvel movie gets advertised, they go like, "Oh, that's that Captain Marvel thing that that person told me about that I was right." Like it's it's for, it's forcing some grassroots marketing. Um, it's actually really smart. I just don't think mm-hmm. it's very fun for me because um, I I wanted to I wanted something cool. I wanted like I thought it was cool. I think it's cool. It's a cool scene. Sam Jackson almost says "motherfucker." Yeah, you have yeah. one. You have one outing to do that. That to use that word and. They just can't because it's Disney. They can't pull that trigger. He was oh no, yeah, I, no. I would not. I would not have been okay if if he had actually said it. I think it, they what they did was fine. Yeah, you don't don't say fucker in a in a fucking movie. Qu- Quentin Tarantino's The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, no, Quentin can't touch this shit. He doesn't make good movies anymore. Oh shut up! I when, know, uh, now I'm just being a dick. Yeah, should we talk about when the film cool finally stuff? like started in Go the movie? Ahead. Yeah, we should talk about why we like the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm incredibly impressed at how much, I mean, there are so many plots going on in this film and they do an amazing job of jumping to another, jumping to a story, following it long enough that you feel some traction. You understand what's going on enough that you can, they can leave it for 20 minutes and then come back. Right. So like there's a whole subplot. I mean, why this movie needs to have a scene where they, a whole subplot where they go create a new axe for Thor. Like if you were sitting down in a writer's room, that's the first thing you would throw out because you're like, dude, that's too much work, but it's, it's really fun. Having those characters go on that adventure together is great. Like you like seeing those characters get to spend time together. Um, I think the, the set pieces are impressive. Having Peter Dinklage play a giant dwarf is really fun. (laughs) Um, and I think his character's cool. Like, and they, they show you every, like they, they do a good job of, of, making you learn things as you go. Um, so, like, you, they, they don't have to tell you, like, there's not a scene where he gets really sad and explains, like, oh, Thanos dipped my hands in molten lava or molten metal and now I don't have them anymore. No, he just makes one little quippy line and you see that he doesn't have hands, that his hands are metal, and you know, right? Like, they do a good job of just making you keep up. Um, I, I was amazed at how well you can follow this movie mm-hmm. and how much shit is in it, you know? Um, yeah, no, it's um, it, it reminds me of a Robert Altman film in a lot of ways because of how much it has to handle and yeah. how much it has to juggle. Um, but the obviously the big difference being like this is like what Altman did all the time, like on a much more ambitious scale. Um, in terms of just how many characters can you follow and have it make sense. And those ensemble pieces are hard for anyone, not even just Avengers. And especially these action scenes where you've got characters coming in and out of the action scenes. You're trying to keep track of what's going on. You're trying to keep track of like they use 
they they put the exposition in in really wonderful ways because the characters have to communicate these things to each other. I think I of course immediately of maybe my favorite line in the whole movie, which is a triumph like the most triumphant line of 19 Marvel films and 10 years where Iron Man says, um, this guy's from space. He wants to steal a necklace from a wizard. That's the wizard. <laughs> like the fact that it makes sense that it is a utilitarian line to make sure the audience understands what's going on. Like how this universe even holds together under the weight of all the stuff they've shoved into it is insane. Um, and yet you're having a great time. Like they, they do a great job of hiding the exposition as much as they can. Um, and using it because the characters have to, you know, like the fact that it starts and Hulk lands on earth and says like Thanos is coming and Dr. Strange goes, who's Thanos? Well, that's if you'd gone come into this movie and you didn't know some of this stuff, you don't remember who he is. But at the same time, Dr. Strange has no idea who he is. Like, it's really brilliant the way that they are able to write the film to make sure that they hide the exposition and keep you understanding what's going on. Um, it, it, it it works incredibly well in spite of the, in spite of the fact that regardless of how many helpful hints they can give you is that like this, it's not an issue. It's just like at the end of the day, like I think it would be very hard to, for anyone who's only seen maybe one or two of these Marvel films to walk into this and not be confused until like, I, I, cause like, cause then they'll wonder, cause like Thor, Thor being in the universe doesn't like seem outlandish to me, but the guardians does now it works because I've gone on this journey with them for 10 years. Yeah. But like, if I was walking into this blank, I'd be like, well, why are the space raccoon and like what, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's asking a lot for people who have no idea what's going on. I don't think it is. And here's why. Cause I've been thinking about this. It would be asking a lot if there were 18 films and half of them were bad. Okay, if you that's... haven't seen any of these other movies, don't go see this one. Why? Because there's at least 16 really good, fun movies that you like. I would be envious of you if you hadn't seen any of these other movies because you get to go watch all this really good stuff. Even if I let's I'll be conservative and say that there are. 12 or 13 really solid, great, fun movies. I think it's a lot higher. Uh, I think there's only like one I would tell people that they could skip. And actually, you could probably skip Ant-Man because it has yeah, little connection to this movie at all. But it's a fun movie. My point is just like, oh. yes, it, it, it requires that you see all these films, but I don't think that's a huge ask because they're really great films. We're not saying like, hey, you got to go watch every Bond film in order to understand this movie. It's these are all really good, and if you're gonna like this movie, you know you you kind of do need to see that. I right. I agree with you. It doesn't always make sense if you hadn't seen that stuff. Yeah, but but it's like I can't. I there's no way. Like my dad saw the first Avengers and maybe the I think and yeah and definitely the first Iron Man. Yeah, that's all he's seen. Yeah, he's he, he, he will. And I've t I I even asked him like with Black Panther. He's like, do you want to go to Black Panther? He's like, do I have to watch the, all the other ones? I'm like, not really for this one. But even that didn't pique his interest. So it's like. You know, like it, it would be hard for me to take my dad or even my mom for that matter, because my mom hasn't seen any of them. Right to to Infinity War, she, she'll be like talking throughout that whole damn movie because she has no idea because she is. has no idea what's going yeah. on, which is fair. And it, and and so that's that's like I said, I don't have a problem with it, but I am aware that 
I would be able to empathize with someone who feels isolated and feels like they wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Because I'd be like, no, I get it. You you haven't been following this for 10 years or you haven't even tried to pick up at the halfway point with Age of Ultron or something like that, which yeah. is entirely possible. That being said, though, this has always been a big-ass experiment. Like, from the moment that they decided, hey, we're going to make Avengers because fuck it. We've got, we, we, Disney's given us mad money. Um, so, like... For them to have gotten this far with the experiment is amazing. So that having said that, there was an article on Hollywood Reporter that was very astute in the observation that, like, after the next one, after Avengers uh, Wallet Wars or whatever it'll be, you know, it's at the end of the day, like, I want to see the new Avengers in the form of Strange, Black Panther, Carol Danvers, all this stuff. Also want... But I also want at the same time for us to be able to drop the weight of phase ones through three yeah, and not have to rely on them anymore. So then that way, like it's like I would consider it like a soft reboot in the same way that the Incredible Hulk is where it acknowledges the fact that we are picking up where Eric Bana left off, but we're not really acknowledging that it exists at the same time. Yeah. Because like it's it's weird like when you look at the Incredible Hulk, it is a soft reboot of Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. Um, but um, but as as a film though, on its own, this film is like I, when I say it's got balls of like fucking steel and whatnot, is that straight up like first of all, the genius of this film, in my opinion, is that it's all from Thanos's perspective. In the same way that you he's said the, that he's the main character it, and he wins in the end. Yeah, exactly. And <sighs> and so like so in the way that Black Widow's uh, movie is the Avengers to a degree, and yeah. Hawkeye's film is Age of Ultron, and in this film it's for Thanos. And I'd even argue that for the next one, it probably should be from the Hulk's perspective, because out of anybody there, he doesn't want to be there at all. He's never wanted to be there. I would love to get his perspective of having to fix all this cosmic shit when he just wants to be left alone. I think that one's hard just because that, I know that it's character hard. doesn't have a... I did enjoy that. Yeah. But, but that character doesn't have an arc left, other than that, well, well, other than that Hulk is afraid, well, and he's got to try to figure out how to reconcile that. But to, like, to a degree, that could work, because also Feige has said that uh, Ragnarok was the start of an arc for Hulk. Sure. Um, his Which own is arc. true. I mean, if you see, going from... You know, Hulk gets characterized in Ragnarok, and then in this film, it starts with Hulk gets beat to shit, and then says, "Fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore." Right? right? Like, just doesn't too afraid, doesn't want to lose again. Like, so that's. Um, but I mean, then that's why I feel like again, like I could be crazy, but like, yeah. like maybe doing the fourth one from Hulk's perspective would be an interesting way to close it out, sure. because of the fact that also on top of that, like Hulk doesn't want to fight. Um, Thanos. Like Thanos, Thanos, or let alone the the additional fact that he's never wanted to fight anything. Period, because he does because he fears what he is. You're, you're talking about Banner. You're not talking but about Hulk. I'm kind of referring to both in to a degree because it's always going to be this dual personality thing with sure. Banner. I'm specifically talking about the fact that that in this film Hulk loses and is afraid, and that's why you know. Right. So then the fourth um, one could be about him learning how to fight again. Yeah, I think it's, and, and, I think it's him reconciling those two halves of himself. Yeah. So that, but yeah. Anyway, so, we're, but, we're so down the so, rabbit hole. But, that, but but this film being from Thanos's perspective is one. It doesn't solve Marvel's villain problem, I but what it does is disagree. So no, no, because well, because because can you tell me unequivocally that the villains in 
uh, Ant Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel are going to be amazing. Oh compared no, to Thanos. I'm, no, I'm just saying like this. This is. This is the best, best villain. Yeah, this, th- no, like, it, it, it's the best villain I've seen since Winter Soldier. It's one of the best villains in a comic book movie. Yeah, like, and I've tried to figure out, for my opinion, why Thanos is is stellar among the most. And like, this is just one of many theories that I have in my head. But um, in in the Watchmen books, Adrian Veidt's character yeah. has the same plot, like evil plot, to a degree of like Wipeout humanity to save it and thanos takes that argument the, the the what they do with thanos is like i understand it's not the same thing but you take the idea of wipe out half the like wipe out millions to save billions yeah and you distill it down for a mainstream audience that is definitely going to see this movie as opposed to ones who wouldn't watch something heady and it brings it brings actual dynamic to the character oh yeah it gives him more conflict it gives him much more to work with the fact that I can empathize with Thanos is probably the strongest um, uh, uh, thing this film accomplishes because I feel for him yeah. when I shouldn't um, on the cliff for the Soul Stone. Yeah, I would say uh, there is a part of me when the movie ends that I that in my mind I'm thinking, good job, Thanos. You mm-hmm. had a plan. You figured it out. You, you tried real hard. This wasn't easy. And that you la- got it done. Like the truth is, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, the reason why he is such an amazing villain here is that they do spend the time. But he's not—he's crazy, but he's not—he's mad. He's not he, evil. He's mad. He—he's he's not doing this just because he's a bad guy. He's not Red Skull, where he's like, "I want to run the world." Like he doesn't want power. He doesn't want anything terrible. He. He mm-hmm. thinks he's solving a really great problem. Like he, he thinks he's helping everyone, mm-hmm. and that while they don't understand it, he's seen it before. Right? Like it's, it's the kind of thing you can relate to to some degree, mm-hmm. and so you understand. And yeah, in that scene with the Soul Stone, Brad and I were talking about it um, after the movie, where the Soul Stone reveal feels disappointing, but I totally understand why they did it because it's an opportunity for them to to use that to characterize Thanos and let and and when he turns around and you realize like oh shit everybody hates him but he believes in this so much and isn't as bad a guy as we think like he actually cares about these people but he cares about his mission way more right like wait, so, too obviously wait, oh, a fault so you guys didn't like that scene no no i love the scene i and Brad, you can speak to this, but I think the point is we all sort of expected that the Soul Stone was going to have been seated somewhere along the all around along the road, right? We expected it was going to be mm-hmm. the asteroid like from it, Wakanda. Like or everyone whatever. thought it was in Wakanda, yeah. Right, and when you find out, like it's a whole, there's some magic. Like the only thing that is that is like fanboy exciting about that is that the Red Skull is there, which was cool. Yeah. yeah. Part of the anticipation. Um, which, by the way, the fucking move. finally. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm like, dude. Why wasn't I want now that the Red Skull's back? Like, I want them to use the Red Skull again because it's an amazing. It's not, villain. it's not Hugo Weaving too. Like, it yeah, keeps I know. Like, they can... Yeah, it's a guy who might be in another movie. Like, who would yeah, be willing like... to be in another movie? Which is great. Uh, but uh, my anticipation for Infinity War is like, oh, I think they're gonna go on this like Last Crusade, like, yeah, solve a puzzle to figure out where the Soul Stone is, and they're be racing Thanos to get there. Um, and it's not. So that's like, you know, it's it's disappointing, but also not because, yeah, it helps characterize Thanos um, 
and give him some more weight rather than just being like a villain in know? Hebrew. I guess like from my perspective, I. like I was like, just from my perspective, just like for my sake is that I was really glad it wasn't like, let's say in Wakanda or whatever. Like, cause like, because everyone called that, like everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, the flowers are because of the flo- uh, because of the soul stone or whatever." Everyone thought that. I'm glad it wasn't that, so it, I didn't walk in knowing that already. Yeah. And then that's, I mean, that scene is personally my favorite scene in the entire film. Is when the, the I mean, Zoe Saldana does a fucking amazing job in this film, mm-hmm. especially in that scene particularly, yeah. where she's where she's like, she's so sure that they won. Because she thinks that he doesn't love anything, and then when she figures out that she's the the one thing he loves, yeah. I think that's just a great scene. Uh, and well, so I, I really like that scene like a lot. Yeah. Oh, I do too. It's a pretty so. incredible. And, moment. and I think following the scene where she thinks she's killed him, and then is weeping about it, like oh, yeah. all of a sudden, what was previously a big bad, like this sort of. Not faceless, but you know what I mean. Like, he's just, he's the big bad guy who's orchestrating Mm -hmm. all of evil. Like, all of a sudden, (coughs) he's a character. And these people who have had these sort of amorphous relationships with him have real relationships with him. And it makes him a much more tangible uh, and relatable villain. Uh, I think it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I would agree... The thing that I thought coming out was that I, I love that it's not all about this for the Avengers. It's not all about the stones as well, um, because it means like I think my assumption going in was that the fight at the end was going to be like, oh, this the soul stone is in Wakanda and we've got to protect it or whatever. They're really protecting vision. They're trying to save mm-hmm. vision. Their their mission is really, hey, can we get this out of his head rather than just killing him, you know? Yeah. Um, which there is a little bit of uh, almost retconning there because in that line, like, where he talks about, like, well, he's made out of a little bit of Tony and a little bit of Bruce and all this, and I'm like, well, but he's also Ultron when you pl- unplug it. Like, does Ultron come well, back? Well, they said, they, said, they said Ultron, too. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they, they said um, Tony Ultron. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Him, yeah. Either way. Um, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I like that it's a more... All the stories are as personal as they can be. All of the yeah. fights are personal fights. Yeah. They're not just like, oh, we've got to protect the mystical thing from the amorphous bad guy. Like, they made it all very um, very emotional, mm-hmm. uh, which is and great. What I... what. I will say this: If one vision, because Scarlet Witch probably come back because she faded away. Yeah. If Vision comes back, because we don't know about him, uh, I really want them to do like a blue Valentine kind of romance between the two of them, like just somewhere off, like just kind of hanging out and being sad, but like also in love. That'd be great. I, I, I'm I'm so like just amazed every time you are able to just blow my mind, Henry, and like, that's another one there. <laughs> I was gonna say like you couldn't have picked a happier one, like. Really? I know. That's the point. It's going to be so sad and you want, so You want Vision and Scarlet Witch to go to a sex motel? It's <laughs> uh, like a scene where Vision's going through PTSD because of everything that happened. And then also he doesn't trust her because he, she killed him and all this different stuff. Ah, that'd be great. Ah, I fucking love uh, it. Uh, you have you my make, number, Marvel. You make me sad, Henry. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and then just... It's funny. The whole movie's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Very funny film. Great one-liners. I mean, until well, until the third act starts, and then it's not funny anymore. 
but uh, but the first two thirds are. are no, I'd argue really funny. that. Well, there's stuff. There's funny stuff in the third act. Not, it's just that. But it's not like the first two. Yeah, that's it, my it, point. There's a moment in the third act where it's just like, nah, it's time to stop laughing right. now. When <laughs> people start dying, people stop laughing. Well, I mean, one thing I will say about the film that's really good is that there's this sense of kind of hopelessness throughout the entire thing. Yes, like you, like like from like the the fight like on I think it's on Titan. When it's like it's like the Tony gang and they're fighting him and he has like, I think three of the before he gets the uh, time stone and they're fighting him when uh, Star Lord screws everything up for the second time yeah like <laughs> like around that yeah it's basically that... like he does all this powerful stuff that where it's like I don't know how they are po- they could possibly stop him yeah oh, and it's yeah. like because he's so powerful I just like I like it's like because like me knowing all the meta everything I was like. I know they're not going to, like, f- defeat him this film. Right. But it's like, I don't know. And that's why I'm like, because, like, my sister was, my sister who saw it, and she, I will say, just to rebut uh, Zach's point, my sister who has only seen Civil War and Spider-Man, uh, she saw it, and she understood all of it, with only, like, a couple questions she asked me. Uh, but, uh, but so, like, she saw, and uh, she was like, but, like, what's, we know that Spider-Man 2 is going to happen. We know Black Panther is going to happen. So, I mean, there's not a lot of, like tension with like their deaths and everything. I was like, but that's not the point. Right. Like we know they're coming back. The point is they were the, able to the, go there. It's <laughs> the journey. It's how do they yeah. come back? How yeah. do they resolve this? And yeah. So, I said the same thing to Dan where I was like, even if you didn't know if, if all those movies were untitled or, or even if they had never been scheduled, but you knew there was a second Avengers movie. Like if, mm-hmm. if uh, the only thing you knew was there's another movie after this one about the Avengers just using the knowledge you have of how how stories are told in America on Earth, you know, okay, at least some of this is going to come back, and some of those characters, especially the really bankable ones, are gonna be alive again. The question is more, what's the what's the cost gonna be, and and how are they gonna do it? Um, and I think I was just so amazed that they took it this far and really left you in, like. This goes well well beyond Han Solo and Carbonite, right? Like this is as dour as you can. Like this like is like ninety five percent of the cast is dead. Like. Right? Yeah. Like this is like remember in Return of the King when the when they're on the side of the volcano and you don't know who's gonna die and then it just goes black for like a minute and a half. What if credits had rolled then and they said maybe we'll make another one and you'll that find out if Frodo the ballsiest lives. adaptation ever. Exactly. Like. It's really ballsy that this movie ends with just Thanos sitting in a field going, I did it. Because Good job, me. Because it, because it is a two-parter, because we know it's a two-parter, because we've been conditioned and trained on it being a two-parter. Yeah. This is going to sound so weird, but hear me out. It makes Harry Potter's last two movies even more problematic than they already were. Because... Harry Potter, like because it's a book, because so many fans read those books and whatnot, yeah. they knew already like like the outcome it's just a matter of okay how are we going to split it up into two to justify how are we how are we going to wedge all this stuff into a movie with avengers because we because it's a conglomeration of different comic book lines and storylines and whatnot turned into a cinematic version adaptation to a degree so it's its own thing but it's also a bunch of other things this movie has the ability to operate as a as a as an a standalone on its own thing while still serving as part one of a two-part thing I, I, no, I, if you took out the fact that they were going to give this another film or, or, or a, a follow up, it's like a really, I would almost say it's like it's an ambitious blockbuster art house superhero film right. about 
uh, about how a, a madman wins at the end of the day mm-hmm. because like a, because of power. Like it's like the, like the only thing the movie's missing is Daniel Day Lewis putting on that goddamn like what? fucking like purple makeup, pur- 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 purple mocap suit. You know, like it's just like it's 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 ambitious on that level. And it's like, no, I'm not saying like, it's going to go like into Oscar consideration. I think black Panther probably has a better chance at this yeah. point than infinity war, but it's, it operates on it on a much more intelligent level than I think even the critics who've been reviewing it glowingly are even giving it. Cause I think they're looking at it yeah. and they're seeing more of a mess than we are because they're critics. They're going to bitch. So what it, what <laughs> well, it I mean, really does in, is it, in def- I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, in defense of critics, I'm sure like some critics went in trying to review it as like a singular standalone film. And if you mm-hmm. view it like that, this film doesn't work because there's no setup and there's no resolution. It's just right. conflict all the way through. Yeah. It's it only the two singular films. Yeah. Yeah. You're watching like, and the so two it's like, And yeah. so I can see a lot of critics being like, oh, well, this doesn't fucking, it, it's not a fucking story. Shut the fuck up, by the way. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I can see, it's I can understand why some people, why the film's at 85%, not like in the 90s. Yeah, that was a weird complaint out of people because it's just like, well, you, I mean, you're a critic and you you have access to the internet. You know this is a two-parter. Yeah. So like, why it's are why you why I believe complaint? that critics should just not be a thing anymore because they right. don't serve a purpose and they're corrupt. So yeah. that's a long tirade, though. You'll see an article about it at some point. So, so the, anyway. The, yeah, the, the, the thing I would say is I think this movie basically puts every superhero team-up movie to shame because this movie actually makes the argument for why you need team-up, like superhero team-ups, right? Like in The Avengers, arguably any one or two of those heroes could have defeated the villains in the Avengers. Like, yeah, the, it's a big right? army. The sure. But, but to just beat Loki, you could probably could. My point here is you've got really this force. You've got a guy with a really solid plan and a bunch of people who are trying to fight different aspects of his plan. And because they are divided are unable to do so. And so I guess you'd have to take the two movies together, but when in the next movie they reunite, form a team, and work together, like that becomes that grand statement of like, no, the reason you have an Avengers or a Justice League is because there are people out there <laughs> with master plans that are better than you can that that are are better than any one of you can do separately, and require you to actually put your differences aside, work together for the greater good, like all of those things, like. This, I, I I think, in the end, will end up being that ultimate film that sort of makes that make a lot of sense, you know? Um, I mean, at the same time, though, what I'll say is that, like, and it's a concern that I had when I saw the film as well, and it really all depends on, like, what they do with the next part, but it's, like, it's going to be really hard for them to introduce any other characters now. Because, like, like when they showed, like, the whole Captain Marvel thing pop up, I was like, well, what the fuck was she doing this whole time? <laughs> like, well, you she's... couldn't help at all? Or, like, it's going to be, like... If they don't, like, just undo everything or whatever, like, when they introduce, like, new characters or whatever down the road, I'm just always going to be thinking, like, well, what were you do- doing during the, the Infinity War? Like, well, did you help at all? Or But, like, it, yeah, but based, I mean, on, based on what we know, like, that story takes place in the 90s to some degree, and then she's probably, well, yeah, yeah. like, on Xandar or something, right? Like, she's got, she's got her own story going on that we will learn, yeah. and then... But, and also, it's, it's kind of like asking, like, well, where were wizards during World War II in the Harry Potter universe? Like, why didn't they take down Hitler? It's like, 
there's no answer to that. That's I don't care about that universe. I'm care about this universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 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 that is the story we're going to see. the The easy answer to you, Henry, is there's no Avengers, so why would she be there? Well, right? well, yeah. Like, but it's sure, also, she I wasn't mean, there to help out in Ultron, but they didn't need her. She's also the most powerful of all of them. Um, so mm-hmm. what we don't know is like, does Nick Fury know that she exists? Um, well, clearly he does. Cause... No, no, no. I mean, at what point, right? At, in Ultron, mm-hmm. does he know she exists? That's the question. Well, if I mean, he... like my my what I'm thinking is going to happen is I think because that's also the thing he he essentially pages her. Like it's like he doesn't yeah. do, like it's an old thing he does. Yeah. Uh, and so like I could definitely see it being where it's like she either like I think it's gonna be like a time travel thing personally with her where it's like she I think. Something's gonna happen where it's like she couldn't be there the whole time because like either she's dead or she's frozen or something like that, and so like that's when he was like she finally needs to be here. And so okay, the pager sends a message back in time to Carol Danvers who does something differently ten years ago, which allows them to win, and we see the whole movie over again, but things slightly change and they win. Well, that, that's kind of. Ex- I mean, I don't know if you're doing that facetiously. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think so there's going to be like a page where it's going to be like it's a time th- travel pager. Uh, no, it's, I, I like think you. it's like I think that there's going to be like because because they've confirmed that Nick Fury is in Captain Marvel, right? Uh, and so I think there's going to be like a scene in Captain Marvel where he like gives her like the pager and is like, if this ever goes off, you need to do this, and then and then that kind of sets up like the essentially what happens, and so yeah. And then that caused her to be... Then, like, at the end of Captain Marvel, she gets that page in, in 1994. And, like, she's like, time to go! And then she'll fast forward... Then she'll time travel to now, and we'll save the day. Sure. Yeah. I, sin- <gasps> I sincerely just wanted to be... It turns out that Stan Lee was drawing the book the entire time. It pans out to no. him, and he goes, ain't I a stinker? No. And it might also be, like, that whatever her power is to correct the Infinity war movie like it may like have a price to it where you know she's something that nick fury can't call on whenever he feels like it right um Mm -hmm. yeah because you'll lose something else so yeah it takes two souls one named tony and one named steve well i mean isn't it like uh like i'm not i mean i don't know if any of you are familiar with captain marvel because i'm not super familiar with her yeah uh but like from what i've read got a cool haircut yeah from what i've read recently like her power has to do with a lot with absorbing energy and kind of releasing it, which I figure, like, if that's her power, then that's kind of one of the best things to go against Thanos with. Because it's basically, like, he will launch something at her, she can take it, absorb it, and then spit it back out. Yeah. And that's the only thing that no one really else has in this film. She is well understood to be, like, basically the most powerful person who would be on the team. Second, maybe only to Ant-Man, who, if he had been in this movie, as my mom pointed out, could have just flown into Thanos' ear and gotten big. Movie (laughs) over. Does he have ears? Thanos? Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't, he's got a mouth, and that works just as good. And he's got That's a true, nose. Guess, right? Nose. Yeah, he definitely has a nose. He'd go up his butt. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, my God. That yeah. been the, then I would have said, like, this well, movie has the best balls. No, because you really, like, as Thanos says, you really need to go for the head. Because Thanos <laughs> with no butt or legs, but with a t- torso and arms, can still destroy the universe. How does Thanos poo, if, then? If Does the it matter? Maybe that's why he's angry, because he can't. He, he only <laughs> needs to snap his fingers. If the climax of the next film is like they call Ant Man and they're like Ant Man, we need you to fuck Thanos, yeah. and then that's the climax <laughs> of the film. Like then uh, this is immediately the greatest franchise in history. So. Critics are going to be like, "Well, 
a shark was jumped today and a rather big one. Like you could say they jumped the Meg at this point. <laughs> if you thought the ending of Infinity War, Infinity War was surprising, wait till you find out the plot behind oh. the sequel. <laughs> just oh, one twenty-minute-long wide shot of just fucking the two so guys that's going all it is, at actually. it. It's just Carol Danvers goes real like realizes like oh the thing that's missing is Ant Man, and so the only thing that changes is suddenly at the end of the movie you jump forward. They're fighting Thanos. He's walking over to Vision, and you just hear like a buzzing noise. And then Giant Man pops out of his head, and Thanos' whole skull explodes. And that's the end of the movie. It's just like, hey, I, I flew into his head and exploded. Carol called me uh, and told me, like, I don't know why you guys don't call me. I don't know why I'm not an Avenger. Like, Which, yeah, I want to talk about that because they do mention that he's under house arrest or whatever. Yes. But, or his family's I mean, under house arrest. Let's, let's be fucking frank. If Black Widow's allowed to be there, they should have at least called Hawkeye. <laughs> like, well, they're not. Yeah. He's got a wife and kids. Well, and yeah, but I think it's a little wood, disrespectful Henry. they didn't even ask. Like, Actually, yeah. in the post-credits scene, uh, Nick Fury says that Clint's on a mission. So he's not. Oh, is that what I thought? I heard. I thought I heard something else. Uh, I can't remember. I thought I heard like someone debunk that, being like he didn't. He. It sounds similar to that, but I think it says like something else. So no, I'm not positive Clint. though. You've seen it three times. I've seen it once, and then listened to the internet. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Clint. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Well, that'd be cool. But well, he was well, he's also, but here, okay, hold on. <laughs> what, what mission could he possibly be on that <laughs> takes president over this? Uh, like, he is getting the time travel uh, pager from the master, the grandmaster. That's what it is. The grandmaster's still alive, has a time travel pager, and he's, they send the, the bow and arrow guy to go get it. All right, so you're telling space. me that a big purple guy is just <laughs> raining chaos all over the universe. <laughs> No, is it some Robin Hood style archery tournament, and it can't be disturbed? Yeah, there's apples to be to be split <laughs> into. He has to go back in time to stop his great 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 grandfather from shooting an apple off a guy's head. He's he's trying to find a woman to direct the Black Widow movie. <laughs> Thank you. I feel pretty good about that. One. Oh, oh boy. What else was great that we I'm here to talk to you about breaking the glass ceiling. <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier Henry, I don't love the fact that um that Star-Lord is the one who fucks it all up. Like that one mm, is too twice. like yeah, <laughs> like I kind of I wish that scene was just a little bit different so that I understand it. Like I wish he had just hauled off and punched him once and that kind of screwed it up. Like cuz then I would relate to it more where it's like it was nice that Tony recognized it cuz he's the one who Usually yeah, fucks off up. the handle on the in That's Civil true. War. Yeah. So. And I mean, at the are, same time, I should though, give them the benefit of the doubt that like these are the younger characters that haven't, you know, his story the is... The Guardians his, are the impulsive bunch. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, I mean, at the same time, way, though... My favorite line in the movie after seeing it twice now is probably, um, like, Earth, you're from Earth? Like, Kevin Bacon? He might be on the team. I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> the other cool part was when <laughs> Thor shows up at the end with the... Stormbreaker, like that's such a badass. Oh, told hell you, yeah! You no, the Stormbreaker is so. I wanted immigrant song so bad. Like <laughs> I wanted song. that song. I didn't. I don't care. Yeah, I, I wanted it in my ears, but it would more than anything at that. I mean, moment. But it would have listened. Last movie. The film cost a billion to make. The film cost a billion to make. They've made back like 70% of that in three days. Yeah. They could afford the rights for Immigrant Song. So. They should already have it. They should have gotten a three-for-one deal. 
Like, like, just That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. I, or just call them and be like, hey, you know how many greatest hits albums you've sold since Thor Ragnarok came out and you've made your money? Give us the song one more time. I only need 15 <laughs> seconds of it. And then they go, okay, just a minute. Robert, there's a raving maniac on the phone. <laughs> re- I mean, genuinely, I think it's missing so bad. I would want someone like a fan edit of the movie where they only change that. If someone did that, I'm sure there's going to be like put a that clip on a Plex that, server. Like, but, the only version the I would Blu-ray watch. But show. here's the thing: because we know now what happens after he sticks that axe in Thanos's chest, that song seems kind of inappropriate, especially no, no. what's supposed to follow. Just no, for not when he then. shows up and he fights all the the four. Oh, the in that, that moment, yeah. yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant when he um, sticks it in Thanos. No, chest. no, 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 no. Just for when he shows up with the Stormbringer, like <laughs> this is my friend Tree. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> oh, so many good lines. So many. Good oh lines. god! A rocket uh, is fighting alongside uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier and Winter Soldier picks him up. And how much for the gun? <laughs> how, how much, much for, for your arm? arm? Well, I'm getting oh, that. I'm arm. getting that arm. <laughs> and there's a quiet, uh, like Pulp Fiction joke where Rocket talks about having that bionic eye, and he had to he had to get off of uh, Contraxia with it hidden up his butt. Yes. <laughs> Um, also, yeah, I would have wa- watched. I would have watched that. I did find out who the Arrested Development character was. It's Tobias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, in, he's the in the picture? collector. He's in the collector's collection. Yeah, it's uh, Tobias uh, in blue paint, mm-hmm. leaning in one of the collector's cages. Three times. Did it's not in the see trailer. It. Oh, in one of the tra- Yeah, it's uh, Gamora's standing there, and it's it's after Thanos un you know unveils reality. Um, yeah, it unveils reality in the trailer. No, 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 no! But there's a shot of Gamora, and in the in the in the back behind her on the left, you see him. He's like unconscious in one of the collector's cages, like leaning against a wall. And because of the lighting, you don't. He doesn't stand out as a big blue guy, but he. Do you think? You know, and David, it's not David Cross. It's just a bald guy. That's what I was going to be like. It's not David Cross, but now I want to see the movie where the collector kidnaps Tobias. It's a very short thought shot of, and I don't know which trailer yeah, it is. Pause. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys keep talking. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now you're watching. The, you're just making me want to watch the movie again. Just thinking about uh, the cool things. So yeah, no. What other, is... what other things were great? Wakanda was cool. The fight scene in Wakanda was cool. Um, Mbaku is a sexy beast. Yeah, Mbaku is amazing still. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was great in Black Panther one, but but also in this one too. So, I don't know. Like, but seriously, the whole movie. Oh, how about the fact that this movie also has four other villains in it that also are treated just fine, and the movie stands on its own just fine. Oh, that I, part where Captain America shows up at the train station. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm glad you said this. So, because I told you this afterwards, I love that moment because we're 20 minutes into the movie or 15 minutes into the movie, and I'm already tired of losing. So when Cap shows up, I was like. Oh, good. We're gonna win this one, guys. It's there's gonna be at least a small victory because you know you know going in like okay, generally we're gonna lose this fight, you know, um, like even if even if they have some small victories along the way. But already, 15 minutes in, I'm so tired of watching the Avengers get their ass handed to them that when Cap shows up, I actually got emotional. Like it was the first time that I kind of got like my eyes welled up a little bit because I was just so excited to see him. Um, it's why I, I'm sort of sad that he doesn't he doesn't actually have like a great a great speech or a great moment, you know. I I, I mean, really, does, how many his holding Thanos's hands is in a montage, you know? Because that moment is so cool that you know. I mean, does Cap Captain America can't have more than like seven lines in this film? Like, yeah, it's like kind he, of. I a, mean, that's what 
That's one thing that he really doesn't have. He's not in this film very much. Like, yeah, was Thanos's "put a smile on my face" line in the movie? I don't think it was. I don't know. Most most of his dialogue from the trailers is in the first two minutes of the film. Um, I I feel like well, you should I, just you should just Google Tobias Funke. I, I feel like Caps because the image is there. I don't know why you're searching the trailers. Um, I feel like Caps uh, lack of involvement in this is kind of necessary because of the scope of everything. It's also kind of necessary because I feel like he would have just called Tony. Yeah. Like, yeah. if anything... Because he's like, true. he's in if a either diff- of them are going to put it aside, it's going to be him. So. Well, yeah, except for the problem is he probably doesn't think Tony will, right? So he never That's, calls oh, Tony say, because yeah. he feels bad about what he did. Like, he feels guilty about the whole thing, even though he knows he's right. He doesn't feel good about how the relationship is over. And mm-hmm. and beyond and we'll be honest, like since it's really just the core group for the next one, like there's gonna be plenty of time with Cap. Oh right, exactly. That's my point. Is yeah. like um that's why I knew he couldn't die. Um Yeah. Yep. Tobias Funke. Yeah, it's not David Cross. No, it's not David You're Cross. Not, it's just a bug. Yeah. Not that blue either. I, I just what, I yeah. want this as the poster for the next film. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, pretty good. I mean, uh, I yeah. mean, it's like I said, it's going to be a rough year because, like, oh, like yeah. guess, just to go back, like, I tried rewatching uh, Doctor Strange uh, after this film because I really like Doctor Strange in the film. I thought, because I, I wasn't, like, that blown away by Doctor Strange when it came out. But he's uh, so much fun in this one. He's so good in this film. And so I was like, I'll rewatch, like, Doctor Strange. Maybe I'll, like, knowing what happens in this film, I'll be like, yeah. And then I just started watching it, and, like, I got, like, 20, 30 minutes in, and I was like, I can't, I can't. like,. I yeah. know you're gonna die. Like I can't like watch this knowing what happens. Like yeah, it's hard not having the end. It's really hard not knowing. Like, I probably won't go revisit any of the other films before Infinity War two, mm-hmm. because what I'll do instead is wait, see Infinity War two, and then go watch them all. Especially yeah. the, that those Phase one and two films, because yeah, like you can see those story arcs coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And that that will feel a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. I would also like to re re uh, debate right. Zach's point of the fact that of the whole bad villain aspect because really in Phase Three they've only had one bad villain and that was in Doctor Strange. The villain in every other yeah. film in Phase Three was been has been great. And so I yeah. would say, and also the the villain in Ant Man's gonna be Ghost. And Ghost is a fucking weird villain that they'll probably pull off. Yeah. Uh, and then the go, and then the, they don't think they haven't announced the villain for Captain Marvel, and she does have like a po- a palette swap kind of villain, so I could see them doing that one. Yeah. But uh, I think that was called Moonstruck, is her name. I, but, I, uh, I'm not saying that they have been. I'm just like the the the, the legacy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to read anybody doing a retrospective, is that the history doesn't suggest that they have a great track record with well, them? I'm, I'm not. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, for the but like for the past like five films, two. they've had like a really good track record. I, yeah, I would I say agree. Phase Two had had weak villains and great character introductions, except for mm-hmm. Winter Soldier. Winter yeah. Soldier had a wonderful villain. Yes. 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 Um, Robert Redford is a, yeah. an amazing villain. Yeah, I, he. Yes. And Toby Jones, for that matter, too. Um, Even though he's just a talking computer. But yeah, I'm just saying, in general, I would say it's it's phase two that really has the weakest villains. That's also Baron Zemo. Like, he's the actual one who only No, succeeded. that's phase three. That's, that's, that's post-Ultron, yeah. Because oh. Zemo is, is, is Civil War. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I would say Civil War or Phase Three in general. I thought we were still in Phase Two. Every villain has been good. Guys, I already jumped to Phase Ten. It's amazing. I mean, the only the only villain in Phase Three that I'm not really happy with was the essentially like the evil version of Doctor Strange in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would like every other villain being Zemo. there's that one. Then Black Panther's villain has been was great. Uh, Killmonger was great because uh, Dorma- Dormammu is basically exactly what a bad version of Thanos would have been, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm evil. I am evil. Look at the lines on my face. I'm yeah. evil. Like you know. Uh, I mean, Dormammu's also in that film for like a fucking minute. Like, uh, but like, we, there's the uh, Michael Keaton and Spider Man. Kate uh, <gasps> Blanchett was great. Ugh, uh, yeah. Uh, not, ego was great not like, just great because they're well acted characters like great because they're well written no yeah personal characters right like, all of I mean pretty much all of them exce- again except for Doctor Strange they're all characters that have like their motivations are actual motivations yeah and like and if anything, and, again, that's thing, just like, because Doctor Strange is a tougher character to introduce no I mean it's, it's also it's the only or- it's really the only origin story yeah so it's like you have True. to kind of yeah like yeah, because Ant Man is technically Phase Two, I assume. Yeah, Ant Man's technically Phase Two. So. Not a great villain. It was mm-hmm. the same summer as Ultron, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Is is the same? Yeah, but I think they've officially said that Ant Man was the last of Phase Two. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything yeah, that we missed about why this movie is great and everyone has already seen it? Um, Drax trying to be invisible. Drax trying to be invisible is really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're a dude. This oh, is a man. man. <laughs> oh, um, it's like a pirate fucked in, or pi- pirate mated with an angel. <laughs> ne- Nebula getting tortured is really rough. Oh yeah, man, and a gr- but a great sequence. Um, and the sound the gauntlet makes when he turn like when he yes. Thanos uses it. The, yeah, the fact that the gems pop up differently depending on which powers he's using is cool. Like yeah. I hadn't even in, I hadn't even like imagined that, but like, then when you see it, it's like oh that's cool. Like you know, um, or even like when he uses the time gem. It's. It looks like the magic that, you know, that uh, that the Dr. sorcerer Strange uses. You know, yeah. um, I mean, one thing I will say that I'll point out that I thought was interesting is that like, I don't. I think the uh, like, it'll be interesting because like at the end of the film, after he does the snap, like if you look at the gaunt- the gauntlet's destroyed, like yes. and the gems aren't there, yeah. and so it's like it couldn't be. Like it can't be like they. Like Captain America steals the gauntlet, puts it on, and undoes it because they can't because it does. It looks like it's broken now. Yeah, like, is it the, are the gems not there, or is it just no? That the it's gems like, are either there, or the they're like are, really the gems are there. The the gauntlet which wields them is destroyed. Yeah, yeah, it's all like black. So and the, hard and I mean, the stones are still there. But like there's another <laughs> one on that sun planet. That was a, I thought that was a mold. Yeah. No, no, no. He he has like another like because it's not a mold. The mold is what they use to make the Stormbreaker. They, they, he has one there, yeah. Leave it to Peter Dinklage to always have but, a backup of something. Like I said, I, I, would I don't be know if very, that was a reference. <laughs> the only way they could really fuck this up in my mind, I mean, there's a number of ways they could, but the the thing I would be most scared of is the the next one is, hey, we got to sneak into Thanos's hutch and steal his the one of the gems <laughs> to turn back time. Like that's so not the story I we want. We got to recruit like, the big bad wolf to blow his house down. <laughs> yeah, like I want there to be another way that they f- they pull this thing off and and figure out how to undo it you they know? disguise themselves there's, as a giant woman there's plenty Thanos of stuff goes, gets attracted to that woman there's plenty of stuff they have to in steal the universe the, the, they steal uh, the Thanos copter and then take that into the whole thing yeah 
there's plenty of stuff in the universe where they can they can figure out a way to to do that. They hire so, Marvin the Martian to throw a uh, space modulator at him. <laughs> yeah. All of it is, yeah. You, we don't see Xandar get destroyed. That was pretty crazy. I thought, so, but wasn't uh, maybe there was a shot? In, I thought there was a shot in the trailer of like Xandar or something. But, I think I think what's in the trailer is the shot of Gamora's planet. Oh, um, that's that right, feel yeah. you know that you kind of you imagine that's Xandar, and then obviously mm-hmm. it's you know because he already has the. I was almost confused at one point. I was like, wait, how does he already have a stone? I thought I thought maybe he already had the Soul Stone. Like that that was the reveal. Is like, oh, Thanos just had it the whole time, you know. And then when I realized it was the Power Stone, I was like, wait, but nobody... We didn't get to see him crush the little orb. Get it out. We didn't see John C. Riley try to stand up to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they didn't want to pay anybody from Xandar for the movie, <laughs> which is fine. Sorry, Glenn Close. We can't afford you. Right. But, but if you go down the hall at our Disney offices, we'll put you in 103 Dalmatians. Hey, Hey, we also got uh, in a, a review from Corinne. Here's Corinne's interview, or review. Hey, nerds, it's Corinne. I just got out of Infinity War, and oh my gosh, it's really good, and um, a lot happens, and there's a lot to process, and I really want to go see it again, but also it was a little bit heartbreaking. Um, so much happens. Um, it was kind of a beautiful culmination of all these Marvel Marvel movies to see um, the characters from the different spheres connecting with one another. You know, the Guardians working with the Avengers and the Avengers working with um, other Avengers. And um, I want to go see it again, and I would, uh, I would probably recommend it to people. One of my friends came with me, and she hadn't really seen any of the Marvel movies, but she really enjoyed it. So I think that even even non Marvel comic book people might um, might appreciate this movie, but there's there's a lot going on. So I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Thanks. I disagree with Corinne's point where she said that she would have really liked it if Iron Man ended up being gay and having an explicit sex scene with uh, Thor. I think that was a little uncalled for, Corinne. I'm really surprised that she like had a friend who. Had not seen anything and still really enjoyed it. I think that girl lied to her. I don't think that's true. She was just like, yeah, Corinne, it's really great. I know you're excited. Um, but I can see how, you know, if if you just went in and you were like, I don't know, they got superpowers. Like, why do I need to care so much about the whole story? Like, you might not cry at the end, but you'd at least understand. Like, it makes sense. I don't know. It's like saying, I like going to Star Wars because they go pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or at least Laura Dern does, am I right? <laughs> and we also got a review from Ryan. Here's Ryan's opinion of the film. I bet he liked, I really liked it. I like Spider-Man. That was, that was me. Anyway, here's his real review. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Ever Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan, and I am the only one on this message because my real job got in the way of me being on our biggest episode of the year, which, of course, is Avengers Infinity War. Now, I am going to go ahead and tell everyone what I think of the film because my opinion matters more than the other guys. Uh, Right off the bat, this movie is amazing. It starts so dark and so scary with Ma walking around and telling people how lucky they are to be killed by Thanos. And then Thanos 
showing you how strong he is by beating up the Hulk and killing Loki. Killing Loki! Oh my gosh! It is quite possibly the best opening to a Marvel movie because right away it establishes Thanos as the big bad, the scary guy that everyone should be afraid of. Cut to Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and Bruce Banner all getting together with, you know, Doc Strange calling Tony a douchebag and and then Peter Parker shows up and is Spider-Man and is awesome. Uh, you know, the movie is so good, and it's a culmination of 18 films, something that they're able to pull off. And, you know, the basically this film just hits all the right notes. It's, it's heartfelt. Uh, the performances are spot on. The special effects look amazing. You actually feel that the Avengers are in trouble because every time they go against Thanos, something happens to him. And, you know, he he's proving that he is scary. And also, the Black Order, each one of them has a strength that is scary. And then, you know, you have the funny moments with Spider-Man telling Tony that, have you seen a really old movie called Aliens? And that's how to get rid of Ma. They have him sucked out into space. And it's just really, really good. You know, I can't say enough about this movie. I, you know, I don't have to tell people to go see it. Everybody's already seen it because it is that good. And then we get to the ending. And the ending is really tough to talk about because it's shocking. I remember seeing it in the theater and as the heroes are evaporated when Thanos snaps his fingers, there's this quiet lull in the theater. It reminded me of when I was watching Quiet Place and no one wanted to talk or dare say anything. And, you know, when you lose Spider-Man and Black Panther, heroes I thought they wouldn't even have a chance to get rid of because they have movies coming with them and they're so popular right now. But I got to give it to Marvel. They took a huge chance. And, yeah, these guys are probably not gone forever, but my guess is Loki and Gamora are not coming back. And the great thing about Thanos is he you know what his motive is. You might not agree with it, but it's there. And when he makes a decision to throw Gamora off the the cliff, you, you see his anguish, and Josh Brolin knocks it out of the park. He doesn't make Thanos, you know, super over the top. He's just a guy who happens to be extremely powerful and a titan. And the scene with Peter Parker and Tony Stark where Peter Parker is dying is heartbreaking and sad and amazing. But before I get out of here, I just want to mention one thing, that I actually think Thor is slowly becoming the MVP of the Avengers because his his scenes with the Guardians of the Galaxy are really funny and really great, but then his sacrifice on Nomer with uh the the star where um you know the dwarf tells him that it's gonna kill him he says not if I die first and it's really funny and then he gets a stormbreaker and in my theaters both times everybody cheered. It was so great. And all I have to say is I love this movie. I'm probably gonna go see it again. I can't wait to see it again and then I watch it over and over again. Uh thanks for hearing me out and I'm sorry I wasn't on the show this week everybody. But uh we'll see you next week. Bye. Well, he hasn't called in he yet, hasn't, so we have no yeah. idea what he actually said. But uh, I bet he liked it. Yeah, pretty if, sure. If he didn't, we just won't include. If you don't, if you didn't hear anything, it's because he didn't like it. He gave it five stars on his letterbox. So I'm, I'm sure, sure his call-in review is just going to be him going. Ugh. And I bet he bawled like You're a little gross. baby when Spider-Man died. Oh, I'm sure he did. Oh, I bet he bawled like a little baby when Spider-Man was told he's an Avenger. Oh, that's yeah. a really great, sweet little moment. Like they, uh, they did such a great job of. 
of not trimming the fat so much that they lost sweet little moments. Like the fact that that beat, it gets to sit there for a second, like in the middle of all this stuff going on and all, you know, we've got all these, these characters and different stories and all these different things we got to get done. There's one little line where he gets knighted as an Avenger. I love that. And we get, I, we I get love two that. seconds of just him being happy with that. I love that. Tony does that real I know. quick. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that we get to like sit in it and enjoy that for a minute, I, there's so many moments like that in this movie where mm-hmm. you just get. I was to so enjoy expecting that to like. I was so expecting there to be like some kind of extra joke like at the end of that. Like, yeah. And I'm really glad there wasn't. <laughs> right? Yeah, they just. Like, I mean, they do such a great job of just letting it. I mean, all the stuff with Vision and 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 uh, Scarlet Witch, I think, is really well done. Like for these two characters who basically have only ever been side characters in the films that they've been in. Like I really care, and I think their little moments are very sweet. And um, just before yeah. like the end of the film, I was predicting that like they were going to go like really all out with the craziness, and th- and I I was expecting it to be that like at the end after she kills uh, Vision, and then he, she watches him be be brought back to life, and then Thanos kill him. I thought it was going they were going to go way out there and just have her kill him, kill Thanos, and then have the next film be uh, House of M. And then have her be like the main antagonist of that because she's she because I mean that's how Elsa Man starts that sure. Vision dies and then she loses her mind and so um I'm kind of sad that they erased her no because, yeah <laughs> because I I would love even if she was useless in the next film I this is gonna sound terrible I kind of want to see her sit in that mm-hmm. like. Like, she actually gets robbed of a lot of grief and sorrow by just being killed. Like, mm-hmm. again, it sounds terrible, but she basically gets put out of her misery. Like, she's the one character who dies and you're like, oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, you need to rest. <laughs> it's been a rough day. You killed your you, the person you love and then watched him come back and then watched him die again. Like, and then the whole world got ruined and then you died along with all your friends. I just remembered uh, I was reading something else uh, with Captain Marvel. Uh, apparently the scrolls are a big part of her story. Yes. Mm-hmm. So having all the, these uh, Avengers missing, possibly like in the Soul Stone, like, like gives them a way to, because scrolls are like copies of people, right? Right. Well, and they're, they they're aliens them. that impersonate people. Yeah. Yeah. So like it throws another wrench into like, they get these people back, but they're actually like, they think they're the Avengers, but they're not. Here's an idea. And then it creates like the whole, uh, what's it, like secret secret Wars. invasion, secret yeah. wars. Right. Yeah. So you could, what you do is you oh, reveal, that is the... you reveal that half of the scroll army has been destroyed. So they team up with Captain Marvel. They impersonate all the people who are died. And then they go to fight uh, Thanos. And he's like, wait a second. How did you undo what I did? And then they trick Thanos into undoing what he did only to then reveal that they're scrolls and then all the Avengers fight him but now they're united and they win. Maybe that's the subtitle they can't reveal is it's Secret Invasion. And that would Yeah. For the next Infinity War. Yeah. But then that would give away then, a lot. Yeah, but then how <laughs> do you do both Secret Invasion and undo Thanos all at once? It's not a part two, it's just It's part two of dead. four. Huh? Like they would announce the films after Infinity War 2, so it could be that there's another fucking Avengers film in 2020, so and then a, it just keeps going. This part going. of a three-part movie is what I'm saying. I can't, I, can't, I can't even deal with you right now. I don't even know. I can't. I Maybe can't. four movies. I don't know. I can't. 
What if it, what if it's just simply a movie that is coming out in the year 2019 and we'll have to wait? Oh, in fact, I know it's, it's not as fun to talk about though. Actually, from here on it's out, it's Howard the Duck. From That's here what on it out, is. All we get is Ant Man and the Wasp sequels. All the all the movies that have been slated get retitled. You're never getting a Black Panther sequel. You're just getting Ant Man and Wasp sequels. Uh, the entire lineup of the of the of Phase Four is Ant Man, Wasp, Hawkeye, Wasp, Ant Man Three. And uh, then, sure, fucking Captain Marvel 2. Like, and then... I love that it's just called Ant-Man 3 after... <laughs> And then, uh, and then, then just like since they have Fox now, the Jubilee movie. You and do then, well. You do you do Ant Man, but as a prequel where it's just all Michael. Du- it's CG Michael Douglas the whole time, mm-hmm. um, which would be pretty great. Uh, Mantis, she gets her own film. Oh wait, no, she died. <laughs> no, she's Nebula, no, no, Nebula no, gets no. her own film. Nebula gets um, her own film. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Don Ch- War Machine. There's a War Machine film of him just being paralyzed. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say it's, it's just about his recovery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be a happy Hogan movie, and it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, that was one person that was missing that I wish I could have seen just for a minute was John Favreau. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I know he's busy right. doing Jungle Book, but he, no, he was busy executive producing along with fucking James Gunn. Can I just say I think it's incredible that James Effing Gunn, the Slither guy, is the executive producer on this film. Like a trauma, what an a, amazing a, a, career. A, a trauma veteran. Who's the right. third guy? Uh, Stanley. No, Stanley's listed separately. The three no, on that. No, he's on no, the it's, same. It's John Favreau, uh, James Gunn, and, and Stanley. Then... Seriously, I saw the title card twice. Okay, you might be right. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's actually. I'm going to confirm that. Yeah, James Gunn is in the middle, so Stanley's at the top. Yeah, hmm. he gets two credits because he's Stanley. Yeah, as he should. He gets three because he's also in the film. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter? You kids haven't seen a spaceship before? Yeah, really good. It was a great line. Which honestly, like, finally the they're line... addressing something that we need to get past. Which is like, yeah, guys, like we know they've existed for th- three phases of films. So what Don't are we seeing? Some... <laughs> what are we seeing next week? Yeah, what are we seeing next week? I, I mean, Overboard's the only thing coming out. Again? Either... I'm not watching Overboard. Well, Can I, we just I... see Avengers again? Sounds like y'all are watching Maya the Bee the Honey Games. Uh, I would sooner watch that than Overboard. I, I, as, a, I, as a lifelong Overboard fan, the trailers for that movie are offensive. They uh, the uh, the new uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Reitman films out. Oh, oh totally, totally. Yeah, is it? I would see that. I, I don't know how wide it's going to be, but I, on Rotten Tomatoes, that's like the big release. Oh, it's yeah. wide. It's wide. It's a wide release. So or uh, Ryan was floating around. We finally dip into our film explosion bucket. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, because it's already a quarter through the year. We could yeah. do nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, a great well, year. We'll figure it just, out. Just uh, pay attention, and uh, I'm sure you'll hear something from us about what we're doing. That's or right. you'll just show up next week, and we'll have done something. Or you won't show up. That's okay, too. Or we'll create a puppet show and then review that puppet show. I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm not doing that. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Fine. I'll, I'll yeah. just, Henry I'll... works with puppets. He knows. Yeah. Henry yeah. Is Film coming out that's soon. That's actually what the, what the listeners don't know is that Henry is actually Brad doing a puppet. Um, really that's good, why his voice is so low. You're a really good ventriloquist, it. man. I am. He can throw it all the way to New York. Edgar Bergen ain't got shit on you, boy. Brad throws a pitch shift on me and then it's fine. So Yeah, exactly. Um. All right. Cool. Now Thanks, I everybody. Want, now I want fan art of Henry as a dummy. <laughs> next next week we'll do something. Henry, thanks for joining us. Dialing in from from the from the internet. If it's, it's always uh, good to have you. I mean, next week you're doing a film explosion. I mean, 
School's over now, so I can do this more often now. Are you coming uh, back to Denver for the summer? Probably not. I'll probably okay. be there for your wedding, but that's about it. So Great. Hey, hey, great. Send me an RSVP, sir. I have, um, we'll talk we'll talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Uh, thanks everybody. Hopefully Ryan will be back next week. Uh, until then, Ryan will return. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.